Let's go down to ringside. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode and is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. Welcome to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thank you guys so much for being with us here for episode number 199. It is Monday, November 2nd, a new month, 2020, and we are counting down to episode 201 away. Uh, as always, I'm Joe Morata. I'm joined by Michael Quinn. How you doing there, Michael? Howdy. 199! Thank you, Michael there Quinn. Is. I figured there. our fans would be disappointed if you didn't pull that off. Well, you know? we got 10 more episodes till that happens again. <laughs> yes, it does. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys so much for being with us here, whether this is your first episode, your fourth episode, or maybe you've been yeah. with us for, you know, th- this entire run. You're like, why but- is he saying that 99 <laughs> thing? Yeah. Why does well, he do it? Go back in the archives. Yeah. But uh, thank you guys so much. Speaking of archives, we're going to be talking about the archived retro wrestling here, as we always do on OVP. Thank you guys for being with us here. New month. November is kicking off, but the season is winding down. If you want clips about wrestling, by the way, we have them over on Twitter. Drama-free we got wrestling all clips. of the clips. Tons from the, of them. From the clip room. Yeah, the clip. They're all on the floor. Right. We, just, we clip them off the tape, you know? We just clip them with our scissors, and we yeah. paste them onto Twitter. It's at OVP Podcast on Twitter, and what we're talking about there is just dozen or so clips every single day on this day type of stuff. Rare, obscure, common. Have fun. No drama over there on Twitter at OVP Podcast. You can also email us at ovppodcast at gmail.com. That is ovppodcast at gmail.com. But Quinn, the best place to talk to you and me, hundreds and hundreds of other retro wrestling fanatics, not dunderheads, no. uh, is over where? Over at facebook.com slash 999999. Yes, it's a good number. You got to put all those numbers It's there. a great date. To get there. September it, of 99. There's so much nine and nine. It has it all, really, and you know what it also has? A search bar. Oh! In the search bar, you don't type 99, because that would be <laughs> improper. You might get some other group thing. Yeah, we don't you want that. that. Some Get Smart fans over here. Facebook slash 99. You type in our vantage point, death, retro wrestling podcast, bing, bang, boom, tubes, gore, kaflui, 99. You hit the group button and you're in. And you won't be 86 yeah. from that group. No, nope, you won't be 69. You won't be any of that crap. No, not, definitely not there. No. The one rule, though, Quinn, to abide by is don't be what? A dingus. Yes, and that means a dunderhead. That yeah. means don't be meanie. Let's just, you know, after the 200th episode, let's just change it to don't be a dunderhead. Okay, because we've the, done like 100 episodes of don't go. be a dingus. We can upgrade the group rules or yeah, whatever. Don't, don't be, don't be dunderhead. Just, all you got to do is replace dingus in every area and say dunderhead. Fine with me. Yeah. Uh, but really, in all seriousness here, uh, thank you if this is your first time. Keep listening. <laughs> in all seriousness, what we do over there is we try to talk about old wrestling in a way that's polite, is that a nice way to say it? we're yep. more polite yep. than you polite. might find? Yeah, yes. polite. Yeah, more than you'd find sometimes on the old IWC. I mean, obviously, uh, people have opinions about wrestling. We want to hear your opinions. Just be respectful about it. Again, that's on Facebook. And also, if uh, you want to donate to OVP, you get a lot of stuff in return. That's the reason that we do a Patreon. Patreon.com/slash OVP Podcast will get you every single pay per view review uh, and everything else on there. When it's November, you know what that means? What? Those nuptials, what are they turning to? A uh, napalm. They're turning to napalm Summer sometime. Slam, that that big November paper. Yes. Uh, sometime next week that will be out, and those nuptials will be turning to napalm. 
And if you want your hands on all of the OVP pay-per-view reviews, patreon.com slash OVP podcast. But Quinn. Yes. Episode number 199. Yes, it is. 199. Thank you. And what we've been doing here for these past 199 episodes is talking about retro wrestling. And we are thankful for that. We have asked you fans this season to write to us, you know, by mail, by air mail. The airplanes are flying over the, the area. There they are. Good sound effect. And they just uh, landed. There you go. And we have uh, been taking your request, your topics. Oh, I see the boy running out to the runway there. Oh, there's the boy. That's our doobie boy. He is He's the OVP intern. He's running back. Here he comes. He's got the mail sack. And what basically what we're doing, folks, here on Ask OVP is we're taking your topics, your questions for discussion here. All right. Hello, young man. Thank you very Get much. I know what you're huffing and puffing from the runway over here, but can you put it next to Quinn? Pour it out. Okay. Thank you. All right, very good. Okay. Good job. There you go. <laughs> Thanks it's for the all, letter, it's Quinn. It's all over there. All right. You're reading it? <laughs> yes, you're I opening, have it. You're opening the Right envelope. in front of my paper. There you go. Uh, right in front of me is from Darren Goss. Okay, ah. big, big fan of the show. Familiar with him. He's on our Facebook group. Nice guy. The biggest fan. That's probably Joe Markle. He's like 6'7". Uh, okay. I try to, oh, just, well, you're, you're I try to say height. that as much as I can. I, I see. I see. <laughs> anyway, uh, he says, gentlemen, a question could possibly be an interesting point of discussion, perhaps. We all remember SummerSlam 1992 in London. Ray Silver's gonna win whether he wants to or not. I remember it. I remember it. King Bobby and all that. Yeah, Yeah. he actually says. Oh, really? Bobby Heenan wore a crown and allegedly other things happened. But what if the original plan for SummerSlam 92 took place and it stayed in America? USA. Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, IC Belt in the ladder match was rumored. And he also says here, I can't imagine the Savage Warrior match would end in a countout. I don't think it shouldn't have ended right. that way in the first place. So, <laughs> so first of all, thank you, Darren. Good question, Quinn. Right in our wheelhouse, our house of wheels, if you will. Stop. You know how I feel about this pay-per-view a lot? I don't really, because we don't talk about it much. That I feel that while, yes, it's a great atmosphere and there's some good moments at it, right? There, there's some great moments there at really it. There really are. It's punctuated by just... Weird shit going on. Weird main event finish, you know, with yeah. the Savage Warrior. It really right. is. Yeah. It, it really is. So it, it's always bugged me, not to mention Rocco's there. And well, like there's there's a lot of things that I just don't like at this show. So let's talk about what might have happened if it was in the U.S. So what Darren is talking about here, mm-hmm. for those of you that might not be familiar, is there was a, an announcement by the WWF in the magazine that SummerSlam 92 was going to be held at the Capitol Center. Well, that was the old Capitol Center. What are they? The whole thing at that bad angle the whole <laughs> yeah, time. Right. Do you imagine with one commentator? Yeah, uh, and that was obviously in the Baltimore area. It's Landover, Maryland. It's not quite DC. So they had announced that in the magazine, and there was one announcement that I'm aware of on TV. How would you like to see SummerSlam live in Maryland, USA, in our special WWF competition? All you have to do is dial this number and answer a simple question. If you're the lucky winner, Adventure USA will fly a family of four to Washington, D.C. for an unforgettable summer holiday. Meanwhile, in the U.K., they were announcing Wembley as early as May of 92. And they're off. Right. The Wembley yeah, basically, Stadium. Like, right? Please sell it out this time. <laughs> it's the announcement of SummerSlam coming to Wembley Stadium in London, England. I don't know the ins and outs, and if you do, please feel free to let me know. But one of the things that Bret Hart has said is, you know, we were supposed to have maybe a, a ladder match at SummerSlam, the SummerSlam 92, and uh, Vince didn't know what the hell that was, so we showed him <laughs> one. Can I ask a question, though? That would have been really weird if at the SummerSlam, Bret lost to Sean 
in a ladder, in a ladder match. match. Right. Like, no, what? it really would have. That would have been odd. Knock, knock. Who's there? A statement, not a question. Would have been very odd. We'd have a whole different perspective, I think, on yeah. Brett versus Sean. Exactly. In all seriousness. Maybe even, you never know. You alter history a little bit. I just watched Back to the Future 4K HDR the other day. Great film. You alter a little bit of stuff. Yep. Could have changed a lot. It right? could have changed a lot, right? That's the exact thing. Is who knows if Brett would have, if we would have moved on to the world title or not. We don't know, it's right? Too bad we don't have a time machine. We could fix that because maybe it would have just been a happier, cuddlier ending to this feud. Yeah, kinder, more friendlier ending, yeah, right? Maybe Brett would have wouldn't have went to the WCW and oh, all that. Wouldn't that have been nice? Yeah. <laughs> like we talked about last week with a Starcade finish. But anyway, yeah. yeah, so they had the ladder match in July of ninety two that aired on Smack 'em Whack and Girls like, I think Sean had a ladder match before. I know you didn't. Do you think that Shawn Michaels had had ladder matches before? I know uh, you didn't. Fucking bullshit. <laughs> the ultra, it's like literally a lie. Well, it's it's the Gorilla Monsoon. It's on Coliseum video, so I can say whatever the hell I want. Canon. Like, yes. Like, you know what I mean? Where he just makes up a bunch of shit. With his big windbreaker. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. remember him in front yeah, of like... It's true. It's, it's true. Vegas. That fucking hat on and all that. And Brett's like, yeah, Sean had a ladder match. I never did. What is he talking <laughs> about? Know. What, in like Texas with like Jose Lothario? John. John. Anyway. I will climb the ladder, John. Because <laughs> these two were feuding since April. Yeah. Right after Brett won the IC back from Rodney the Piper at WrestleMania 8, they had a house show feud this entire summer of 92. Yeah, if so I it recall, made sense. even at WrestleMania 8, uh, Sean is like calling out Brett yeah. Hart. He's like, I'm going to be the next Intercontinental yeah. Champion. I beat Tito, whatever. <laughs> it's you know? real. So uh, Bulldog kind of got inserted, obviously, because they're going to run London. They're going to run Wembley. And they're going to say, well, the British Bulldog, huge international draw over right. in England. It makes sense to put him with Brett and then just have Sean win the title later. I totally get that. But that changes the dynamic of a card, Quinn. Right. Because if it was held in the U.S., Shawn Michaels versus Bret Hart is not closing the show the way Bret Hart versus Bulldog did it at no, Wembley. No, it would have been a match with the Macho Man and the Ultimate Warrior. Right. And maybe we could figure out a way to put Ric Flair on the card <laughs> that we only have, and it's a big fucking deal. <sighs> it's my biggest That's gripe your biggest gripe with the show, right? It's so stupid. It's because Flair's not on it. Yeah. I get it. I, why do they have him? He could have fought like Tito this Santana. Is, to me, this starts the trend of them like, we have legends and we're not going to use them. Like this, like two or three year thing with Macho Man and everything. Yeah, I know. Isn't that weird? They had Flair and he didn't wrestle. Yeah, it is weird. The longer I go on, the more weird that's. I used to defend that decision. It's like, how do how do we it's odd. justifying having this person on the roster that probably cost a lot of money even back then? Because they could have still had him do the angle that he was there to do, but also wrestled earlier. Why couldn't he just fight someone else? It doesn't matter Tito. who. I don't care. That'd like a, That would have been good. The point is, people pay to come to the show to see Ric Flair also, amongst the uh, many <laughs> other people. Well, they don't pay to go to SummerSlam if he's not advertised for it, clearly. My, my point is, is that if you're a kid, right, and you watch the WF superstars was every a kid. week, and yeah. you beg your mom... You don't like to, the old white-haired man. You're like, I don't like this guy I don't if like you're him, a kid. but I expect WWF him to kid. be part of the everything. Well, he right? was. Like, he was just wearing his robe and hanging around in the main like, event. It's like if you were, like, went to see G.I. Joe live and, like, King Cobra wasn't there. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I mean. Is that a thing? No, I'm just making it up, but like... <laughs> just asking. G.I. Joe on ice. Whatever. <laughs> okay, it's like going to see the Turtles and Leonardo's not there? No, 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 because it's the bad guy in this case, so it's like if Fine. Shredder, if Shredder wasn't there. Yeah. Oh, you mean like Turtles 3? Yeah, yeah that it, sucks. Yeah, it sucked ass, right? Like, so it's the same concept. It's like, 
the lead fucking villain of the whole company, and he's not on it at but, all. But he he's is just like, on it. He's, but he's just farting around in but his why do you need to see him, but, Okay, I'm defending <laughs> them again, because why do you need to see him win a meaningless match against Tato? To me, this joke... I need this, to see it. To me, this is not about being like a Ric Flair fan Yes, or it is. No, 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 no. It's all about the Thanks, idea Darren. that like, when I go to see a WF product, I want to see all the top people in the product. Sure. That's all. Especially on like the second biggest pay-per-view. <laughs> That's what's more weird about it. I get it. Uh, at the same time, yeah, they didn't have any problems selling out Wembley, so I think they were okay without Flair no, on the card. No, I think it's not that it's not. There was a lot of people to there. Me, this is not a money situation or anything. This is just a like you have people that are part of your show that serve particular roles. I understand that people come to see I get the it. live shows, and why are you not using like one of the main ones? Understood, Quinn. I do get your point. Yeah. I really do. I'm just giving you a hard time. Mm-hmm. So if Savage Warrior is going to be the because. Let me clarify this for anyone. Savage Warrior is the main event of SummerSlam 92. Brett Bulldog closed it because A, it, it was the Bulldog yeah. and also had a clean finish. Well, I'll tell right? you what, if it wasn't Wembley Stadium, that shit would have been reversed. Right. And in the US on TV, I'm not sure about England, that got all the promo. That yeah. got all the, I mean, there was a bit, obviously, because the IC title still, but that got like normal IC title promo. Do you now, know what I'm saying? I wasn't watching the wrestling then because I was a little younger, but at the time, I could see why might be a little confusing to the U.S. audience members watching that show, right? Like, you're in the middle of the show, and they're like, oh, and it's time for Randy's... And you're like, is this over? Like, right. I didn't see that British Bulldog thing. <laughs> right, like, right. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, no, yeah. totally. But that was the main event. It was the main angle. Uh, it just didn't close the show. It was in the middle of the card. Didn't have a clean finish. What do you do, Quinn, if this is in the U.S. and that's ending the show? First of all, I reverse that shit 100%. So I, that, that closes the show. That's going to close it the show. It has to, right? Second of all, Ric Flair's got to fucking wrestle. Period. In okay. America. In America. Maybe okay. maybe it's not as big of a deal in the UK because, you know, like they have this bulldog thing, but like that it's a bulldog big deal. Brett thing now is considered lesser and in the United well, States. And now it's Brett Sean, don't forget, uh, if it's in the US. Yeah, especially like, in, and it's not even a knock on Brett or Sean. It's no, just like, but they're not, at that point in their lives, they're, they're not, not Savage and Warrior. They're not the top draws yet, right. right? So now you need to have Ric Flair on the card somewhere, right? And I say you put him against Tito. I think right. is honestly the best person. I'm, I'm think, dead serious. Can I ask a question? And I don't know if oh, this, well, this yeah, had anything to do with anything, but um, could you have fast-forwarded that Mr. Perfect versus Ric Flair shit? Well, that wasn't planned. So I know no. it wasn't planned, but so I mean, no. if they were out of people for Ric Flair to fight, and no. you know, Mr. Perfect's just standing there, maybe they do it then instead. Why doesn't Flair fight the Bulldog? He's available. Because it's not as big of a... Me, what do you mean? Well, because okay, that's a good match. Well, no. What, why I'm saying this is because at that point in time, it's not like when Ric Flair came in and they were having him fight weird people that he would never have fought, like Roddy Piper or whatever, yeah. with no title ramifications or anything. Ric Flair's now been the WF champion, right? You have yes. to have like a bigger opponent for him by the time you get to SummerSlam. That's all I'm saying. British Bulldog's a good opponent. He's not. It's a non-title. There's no title in the involved. US. Is he as big enough to fight Ric Flair? You know what I mean? Like I, that's what that's all I'm saying. It's Rick like Flair, though, the like, second biggest pay per view of the year. You want Bobby the, the what the hell's his name? Bobby Eaton? No, uh, Ricky Morton no, and no, shit like that. Like he'll fight anyone. It's not. No, it's not a matter of that. I'm just saying you're trying to maximize the the greatness of this this second biggest pay per view of the year, right? You want to have this big big matchup for Ric Flair. Apparently they didn't because he, he's your he's the former WF champion like two minutes ago. Like, in yeah, this but Savage and Warrior fighting for the belt, so they're that's the main event. Yeah. Then you got a nice IC match. What I always say is really, really what should have happened 
ultimately, if you had the fucking, like, if they just knew about this match type, is yeah. it should have just been a triple threat match. Yeah, I mean, in hindsight, like, Quinn. Yeah, I mean, like, if that match type existed in that point... It would have been one, That's 100% what they would have done at the SummerSlam. But they were know? telling a story. The yeah. story was that Flair was going to fuck with their match and then win the title back, and which is exactly what happened, to their credit. No, you know I'm, what just, I mean? I'm just trying to think of, like, maximizing that card, right? Bring the... Pack the fans into the arena, like... Here's a list of these matches, and you know you got these the best guys you got, right? I think Savage and Warrior is enough to justify, yeah, a SummerSlam. I mean, think about it. That's the main event from WrestleMania Seven, big rematch there. Brett and Sean. I don't know that Flair needed to wrestle. Yeah, it's Ooh. just you have him, and it's like, or maybe he just fights Roddy the Piper. Somehow. No, he's got to play the back. Oh, no bagpipes to play because they're not in, they're not fucking around there. Uh, the Bulldog could fight Rick Martel because he won't be feuding with Sean. What do you think of that? The Bulldog could fight Rick Martel. They're like comparable. What about The Undertaker? He's fighting Rick. Kamala. Why not? Why? That that sucks ass. Why not him fight Ric Flair? Because they, remember they why, were big, though? But be, like, because, what does that because, do? Because, because why? Because uh, remember, they were big friends at the at the, at the Saturday Night's main event or whatever. Oh, come on. That like, was such a long time ago. Oh, it's not. It's like though. a it's, year. It's in the same year. <laughs> Fine. It was like January, but still. Yeah, like, why, why not? Why not have some fallout there? Okay, it's like, who well, wins? Rick Undertaker was... was uh, was involved with Ric Flair. You know, they does were, Undertaker they win? Were, they were teams. Does he? Does Undertaker win? That's an interesting question, mm. actually, in that time period, right? Yes. That's actually... See, now that's a good match because you don't know. Like, right? You have the stature of Ric Flair. You got the invincibility of the Undertaker. What, who wins? That's that's a cool match. Count out or some crap. It's a, <laughs> yeah. it's a DQ, probably. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm that's throwing, what they I'm do. throwing out ideas here. It would have been much more compelling than fucking Kamala. I'll say that much. I agree, but not everything can be, like, the best thing on the card, right? There's only yeah, got to be one best thing. You have to... I guess, Joe, the way I look at the SummerSlam 92... Yeah, the SummerSlam. In the SummerSlam! It's one of those cards that, unlike the rest of the cards where you can just have a bunch of throwaway matches or whatever, especially back then, it's like almost WrestleMania. To me, SummerSlam, that's what it is at that point in time. I agree with that. And so it's the time to pull the trigger on these crazy ass matchups, right? Like it's a crazy ass match for the Warrior to fight Randy Savage again. Like that's yeah, that it's a crazy ass match for to have Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels because they're both like top Intercontinental Title people. And especially know? if it was in a ladder match, right? In a ladder match, right? So it's only it's only fitting that instead of this Kamala shit, you you have the Undertaker fight Ric Flair, you know? And now the roles are reversed. You know, they're not friends anymore. Yeah, but like. You're, they didn't treat Flair like that big a deal. Like he was like a mid-carder for the most part. I like hate he, when you say he that. He won the Rumble, he did WrestleMania 8, and then he was just aggravating. He was the WF champion. I know that, but you can be the, the champion. Oh, so was Big Show. What's I, your friggin' point? Well, in the early 90s. But so was Sergeant so Slaughter. Much, so much more. Exactly, and that's why I always thought it was baffling that he's in that fucking weird thing exactly. at WrestleMania 8. But. No, but seriously, I mean, with Flair... Eh. It worked. What they did, like, didn't hurt the show. No. I mean, people this bought is, this it. Is, at least people even, went to it. You know what You know what I like about this, though? This what? conversation is it's not about, like, stature of people. To me, it's, like, what's best for the show. And so you can, like, think about it in that term, right? Of, like, who... What, what are some better matches they could have done? Yeah. You know what I mean? I think they, would, they could have done Bulldog against Mortel. Not that that would have been great, that but... That probably would have been more been fitting, fine. right? Yeah. 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 And a couple of other important things that wouldn't have happened. Bobby wouldn't have worn a crown. Yeah. All that shit at the beginning pisses me off. Well, because they ride their bikes, right? Fucking blown LOD with their stupid ass puppet on the bikes. <gasps> got DBS looking like a 
idiot. Like, why is he dressed like that? He never wears like a red diaper. Like, I don't know. Or a white diaper. Like, he never wears that shit. White diaper. He doesn't. Diaper. Well, IRS is just there. He's a, that's his whole career. Yeah. IRS is just there. Anyway, I thought that was a good question, Darren. Thank you for uh, allowing us to talk mainly about Ric Flair, which is not what you asked about. But well, we figured I'm it fine all out, it. right? Because no, one what? more thing. What? How do you end the main event, Quinn? How because I- you're gonna end it on a count out at your second, Mister Big, second biggest show of the year oh, over here. Oh, it wouldn't have ended that way. Then how, what are you gonna do? I think Savage should just win. Like because it it's to me it's like they're they're one for one they're equals and then they they shake hands it's like oh yeah you could have beat me the first you oh, know God. like they they shake hands and it's no all wonder happy. you're a Shawn Michaels fan with the way you think wait what do you mean I think the Warriors should have won oh you think well if they're gonna have Savage drop at the flare two days later right yeah then why the hell not just have the Warrior win and then feud with Flair oh because I felt like there was some um after especially after watching WrestleMania seven again and. The way Warrior doesn't gloat too much at the end. He's very nice. There was like a very like, there was very much of this like a respect between the two. And even in the original, even in the original turnout, they kind of like shake hands or whatever. So I'm just thinking, how do you get there with Savage winning in a, in a normal way? Just have them wrestle a good fucking match. And this time just Savage edges them out. And that's that's it. But they were pushing Warrior. They were, Warrior was up and Savage was down. Yeah, but you could have just had Gorilla yell, Uh, oh, and you'll always think he's an ultimate legend or whatever. (sighs) One step into immortality. Like, you know, that bullshit. You know, that's one more question, by the way. Darren's really giving us a lot of meat on this bone before we get out of here. Would Gorilla have done it because he wouldn't have had to travel to England or whatever reason he didn't do Wembley? You think he would have been there with a brain? (laughs) Yes! That would have been great. Gorilla wasn't getting over, going over the fucking Fuck that shit, man! (laughs) No, but he would have... It's a happening in Capital Center! Whatever! Oh, that would have been great, Bobby. I remember when Bo Bradley was winning matches here. You probably remember Marion Barry also. I thought it would have been Bobby. Anyway, thank you so much, Darren, for that question. And folks, that's it for this uh, segment of Ask OVP. Thank you guys so much. We'll have a special one next week for episode 200. Quinn, this was a good question. Yes. It was. And obviously, folks, you can reach us on Twitter at OVP Podcast and let us know what you think of this whole SummerSlam 92 scenario. You can shoot us an email at OVPPodcast at gmail.com or join the group of Quinn when we come back. It is the final royal rankings of stables and factions in wrestling. That will be coming up right after this. Welcome back. This summer, London plays host to the toughest, the most flamboyant sports event there is. The World Wrestling Federation Summer Slam is staged at Wembley Stadium in August, the first time it's been held outside America. The choice of London is based in part on the incredible popularity of WWF wrestling on Sky, which has made the Bulldog, Macho Man, The Undertaker and The Ultimate Warrior superstars over here. The box office opens tomorrow for the event being held in August. I'm representing England and I'm proud to represent my country because I'm the only one fellow Englishman on the World Wrestling Federation circuit. That gives me a big plus in the World Wrestling Federation. Hi, this is Jameson. Remember me? Yeah, me neither. You're listening to Our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. It's the best. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thanks for being with us here for episode number 199. 199! 
Thank you, Quinn. It is Monday, November 2nd, 2020, as we mentioned. It's a new month, but we're ending the season. And one thing again, I just want to reiterate for you a couple of bullet points here. First and foremost, like I said before, if you want to support OVP, you can do so. Patreon.com slash OVP podcast. And what you're going to get there is a lot of content. You're not going to get like a... Ripped off, I guess, is the best way to say, Quinn, right? We do our best to give people a lot of we content. We don't rip off anybody. We really do our best. I uh, think we over-deliver. We might over-deliver. Find out for yourself. What I'm asking you to do here, it's November 2nd, right? If you sign up today, you won't even get charged until December 1st. What you get out of that is every single pay-per-view review, like I mentioned. SummerSlam 91 is coming out now, very, very soon. You're going to get a back archive of our 1982 and 1983 reviews. Other shows, too. Other bonus content as well. Check it out. It's very easy to sign up if you've never used Patreon before. Mm-hmm. Patreon.com slash OVP podcast. Sign up for one of the tiers that you like. You'll get access right away. You have like all month before you even have to pay. Give it a shot. Just fucking try it. You dunderhead. Give it a shot, okay? And also, a reminder that next week is episode 200. Uh, and we'll be just be very thankful for all you guys uh, that have sent us anything. You still have a little bit of time if you want to. If you want to send something in, go for it. Yep. Send it ovppodcast at gmail.com that could be a note it could be an audio clip anything like that right you'll get to observe how we're still alive after 200 years of podcasting our bicentennial michael it's incredible but really thank you guys for uh, what a ride it's been here and uh with that said quinn it's time for the final royal rankings of the season right we are talking about factions and stables now what is the royal rankings well before the season starts we ask you the fans to give us a list of your top 10 and your bottom 10 of something for this season, Quinn, it was stables. Next season is feuds, don't forget. That'll mm-hmm. be coming up. And what we do is our chief statistician, Joe Merkel, he takes the top 10 and the bottom 10, compiles all those votes, puts them into two separate tanks, one for the best, one for the worst. We rank them two at a time every single episode throughout the season so that by the end of the season, you will have the definitive organic, ordained, baptized, non-GMO, USDA certified organic and healthy. That's what they say. Best and worst stables of all time. This is the final rankings, Quinn. There's eight on the board. The final two come out. We rank them, and then that's it for stables. It's in the tank. It goes into the journals. It's the, the journals, <laughs> the wrestling journals of the century. Yes, they, absolutely. I, I mean, for bicentennial stuff, they got to make sure all this stuff's written down. Of so, course, right. Yeah. So Meltzer will be commenting on it. Ex- oh, yeah. Expect that, you know. Expect it in WoW Magazine. <laughs> um, it's going to be incredible. <laughs> Yes, WoW Magazine. Yeah, WoW. That's still around, right? <laughs> oh, no, definitely. Yeah. Uh, so here's who's on the board now. This is the current rankings at number one, the NWO. They're still there, Quinn. The New World Organization. They're in WoW Magazine. I know that. <laughs> uh, number two, the Four Horsemen. Yes, yeah, so there's four of them, but that was not really. Very more. That was a very close yes. selection between the, the two. Could have gone either way, honestly. Yeah. Number three, I'm very proud of them. Heart Foundation. I Look at that. They, you know, the, the the brightest candle burns brightest and burns out, whatever they say in Blade Runner. You know, I thought I could have had a good stable. Burns uh, out the fastest, whatever. Candle in the wind. Yeah. Uh, number four is the Freebirds. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Five is the X. The X. <laughs> the X. Not, not Edge. No, the, not, not the Edge. No, the X. He likes to beat people up. <laughs> he likes to live in the streets of New York. He fights in the alleys, <laughs> Keen. Uh, number six is Evan. Evolution. Yes. Uh, seven is the the nation of domination. Yeah, we'll just, you know it, it's amazing they're, they're good. not at the bottom. Well, you know what? They're good. Uh, they are good. And I you like what, them. You know what? Stable, which Bobby Heenan didn't call a stable. He called it a family. The Heenan family is at the bottom right now. Right, well, and you know what? Fine. They're not really a stable. Well, Bobby's just, the best part of all of it. Well, yes. So it doesn't make Bobby worse. He's the just, only constant. Yeah. <laughs> 
Anywho, unless you really like John Studd or something, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Can so is the Fink waiting? Can he tell us who's next year? Okay, so because yeah, I'm I'm excited. Without any further ado, let's go down to Howard Finkel uh-huh. for the Royal Rankings. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for the Royal Rankings. Are you ready? Talking about Bad Street USA, the further down the block you went, the better it got. And baby, we lived in the last house. Myself, the chief executive officer of the Dangerous Alliance. And the new world organization of wrestling, brother. I love you. The final Royal Rankings of the season where we are going to finish the list of the top 10 stables, factions in wrestling of all time. Quite a list, Michael. It's quite, quite a list. (laughs) Are you feeling good about the NWO number one still? I think I I am. I am too. Now we'll have to see if anyone could possibly unseat them, but if the horsemen couldn't do it. Here's the thing. is The NWO is like so groundbreaking to me. They broke a lot of it. They broke all of the ground. They were the biggest thing in the universe at the time. They broke whatever ground was left over from when the horsemen broke it, I they, guess. They broke so much ground that even today, the uh, the Kardashian people are wearing NWO shirts. People are NWO for life <laughs> now. You think Kyle Petty still owns one? Yeah, he's probably still in it. Oh, that one, right? Well, I mean, he was like in the NWO. He was. No, so it's real. why would he be ashamed? So was Dennis Rodman. One of the greatest things going today. <laughs> uh, but yes, yeah, so the NWO is is at the top here, and Horsemen are number two. The real story might be to see if anyone knocks the Hart Foundation or the Freebirds down, because mm. I don't think anyone, truthfully, I can't think of anyone off the top of my head that could knock off the NWO or the Four Horsemen. I really can't. Well, maybe there is. But maybe, maybe there is. a magical stable that has not revealed itself maybe, to us Maybe yet. we haven't thought of them. So Let's see. Let's find out, folks, who drew number nine. And, of course, our Dangerous Alliance. Well, things just got a little more dangerous, eh? Oh, very dangerous. <laughs> the Dangerous Alliance. So. Yes. Kind the, of the, the fake four horsemen. Yeah, well, yeah. the spiritual successor to the horsemen, right, uh-huh. for a period of time. Now, the Dangerous Alliance, folks, was named after and led by Paul E. Dangerously, who you might know better and larger as Paul Heyman. Yeah. Now, hey, what? No, why do you always do this to him? Now, Paul Heyman is a very big man, but he's also, what? I have great respect for his promo ability. I absolutely do. I have great respect for him as a promo, high regard for his speaking ability, high regard for his cholesterol. And I think but, that he was just a tremendous breath of fresh air in WCW. That's I really true. do. He had started, you know, he was he was all over the place, but the Dangerous Alliance started actually in the AWA briefly. Yes. So here's the thing that, uh, you know, you open up the Wikipedia page and you're like, I expect to see all the people from the WCW one, like Rick Rude yeah. and, and Bobby Eaton and all them, right? There was a few others before but that. Here's the thing is that this is this is more of a Heenan family kind of situation, except it was more formalized in WCW. If you think Correct. about it, like anybody Paul Heyman ever managed was somehow part of the Dangerous Alliance. Right. But it, it, at the same time, there's also just a Dangerous Alliance that's like a, a staple. Yeah, and the one that got in, I'm assuming, when people are thinking of the Dangerous Alliance, they're thinking of the WCW one, but to pay tribute, the AWA one, which was like 87-88, it wasn't a big thing. It was the original Midnight Express. Remember, they 
that whole thing where it was Dennis Condry and Randy Rose. Mm-hmm. And then Adrian Adonis, who had gone back to AWA after WWF. Right, that whole thing. And then sadly, you know, passed away in the summer of 88 uh, when they drove off a cliff. You remember? Crazy. In uh, Canada. But that's so, still to me one of like, the yeah. craziest wrestling sad. deaths. Like, it's sad. Really sad. Yeah. But that really isn't what we're talking about. Is no. The, not the AWA Dangerous Alliance. We're talking about other dangerous things. It's not the most dangerous one, which was in WCW. And that, like I said, I personally view Paulie Dangerously as a breath of fresh air to WCW around that time. Yeah, they needed it. I they mean, needed him. I mean, you got old Cornette over there. And- yeah. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. And even Cornette, I think, was... Uh, was about out of there, and they just needed someone to, that could carry that load. Cornette yeah, left in 90. Hi, this is the world's leading wrestling journalist, Paul E. Dangerously, and I'm here in the locker rooms right now of WCW to talk to some of the big bad boys of world championship wrestling. And here's the thing, is that people tend to forget about WCW, Paul. He was so young. like oh, yeah. he, 26? He was, he was young and, like, like very energetic, very optimistic, slim. very, like... You make, you make fun of the, the, the slim and all that. I but never do. My point is, is he's people forget that he's like in his 20s like that. Like they, they, he is like a kid and he's just very happy that he's doing this shit. Right. Yes. So what happened was Paul Heyman, uh, the you know announcer for WCW, got, quote unquote, fired. You right. know, that and, tended to happen on WCW oh, yeah. a lot. Got fired. And then he comes back with a vengeance. Right. And we actually got to see a while back the genesis of this when we did the Halloween Havoc 91 review. That was actually a setup for this because two big things happened there. Uh, one of them is very funny. It is where Eric Bischoff is like hanging out outside with Barry Windham. Yeah. He's like, hi, how are you? And, and then just like Dracula the whole <laughs> yeah. fucking show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then Arn Anderson and uh, Larry Zabisco run in and they slam Windham's hand in the car door. Remember? Aha, uh-huh, yes. That's part of it. And then a little bit later, we have the WCW Halloween Phantom. So what you think <laughs> at first, you're like, oh, you know, it's Halloween Havoc. Right. We got to have our fucking Yeti of the show or right. whatever. Like that shit. And he just like wrestles a match. And it's I don't Tom even, Zank. Yeah, he, I think he just wins. Yes. And then that's the end of it. And then there's like a couple of segments <laughs> later before this fucking, this Dangerous Alliance shit happens. It's just like, oh, there he is. <laughs> WCW fan and we won. Good. Yep. Like, and that's it. Like, you never think, you think, oh, it's hot. We're never going to ever see that guy again, you know? Like, but yeah, at the same time, you're like, that's weird that like big push Tom Zank lost to him, right? Yep. Who is it, of course? It's Rick Rude. It's Rick Rude, who hadn't been seen in a major promotion in a year. So basically, Paulie dangerously puts this all together. Like, look, I was fired as an announcer, but I still got my manager's license. And yeah. Fuck you. And basically. also, I want to note the other weird ass thing about the Dangerous Alliance segment where he reveals it's Rick Rude. He's like, at the beginning of it, Medusa's just with him without any yes. explanation yes. at all. She's just standing there with him. That's like, right. Here's my friend Medusa. <laughs> like, and it's like, what? Heal Medusa. What's going on here? <laughs> uh, now, also, okay, we keep it going here. We're. They decide to target Sting. Now, you got to remember, folks, this is a period of time where there is no Ric Flair. Flair is over in WWF feuding with Roddy Piper right around this time, Not actually. Being in the SummerSlam 92 main event, that kind of thing. <laughs> exactly. It all ties together here. Yeah. Uh, so they feud with Sting, the perennial friggin' Mr. WCW of the early 90s. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean that derogatorily either. I, that's a good thing. Yeah. Like early 90s Sting is good. No, I mean, this was Sting's time, too, in, yes. the, in 91, because it was like, well, okay, no Ric Flair, time, <laughs> yeah. to, time to swim, you know? Yeah, no, literally. So we yeah. had like Sting and Luger and all that going on. So th- the Dangerous Alliance starts to ramp up there. And eventually, of course, we find out that not only is it Paulie Dangerously Medusa, Rick Rude, but Arn Anderson mm-hmm. and Larry Zabisco were in on it. Yep. And then they, they also get some other people. They get Stunning Steve Austin, they right. get Bobby Eaton. 
Mm-hmm. They have like a little bit of dealings with Michael Hayes, but we'd rather not get into him. I wish they didn't have to deal with Larry Zabisco. That would have been helpful. He's right? the worst one. <laughs> 100%. Because Steve Austin, like, Steve Austin's supposed to be the one where you're like, oh, that's just the nobody of the group, but he ends up being fucking He's good. the breakout star. Yeah, he's the guy that they kind of like were pushing out of this, right? Correct. So basically, you're 1992 for the most part in WCW. Your big heels of, of there are the Dangerous Alliance, Rick Rude uh, wound up becoming the U.S. champion, mm-hmm. beat Sting for it. Sting not had an world. injury. Not world. No, no, no. U.S. That was their top belt, which kind of... Uh, I don't get what that hampers is. Like, it a little, me, right? Like, if there was a time to like unleash the Rick Rude wins the world title, <laughs> it's like when they're doing a big faction thing. I agree you with you. You know what I mean? Like, what the hell is that? I know. If there were ever a time, right? Right. It's like he could win the U.S. later. Who cares? Like, right. You know what I mean? Like, why do they... This seems like the moment where it's like, oh, big evil Paul Heyman and his group, and they got the world title, and everyone's trying to chase him. No, they're just trying to get the U.S. They get title. the U.S. Yeah, U.S. title. Iron Anderson and Larry Zabisco were the tag champs out of it. Also, Bobby Eaton and Arn Anderson, a much better team, if you ask me, just because mm-hmm. I like Bobby Eaton a lot better than I like Larry Zabisco. You don't like Bobby Eaton and Stan Lane, though. I love Bobby, Bobby Eaton, Eaton and, Stan and Dennis Lane. Condry. I like Bobby Eaton. In general, is all I'm he's saying. Very good. Yeah, he's very, very Especially good. Especially when it's hair fluffy, not the slick blue blood version. No, that's bad. Yeah, and then also TV champion, like you said, uh, Steve Austin out of that a couple of yeah. times, and that Stephen was Stephen Austin. Yeah, <laughs> there he is, Lord Stephen Austin, yeah. and Iron had the TV, but no world title, and I think that might hamper them. You know what the problem with the Dangerous Alliance was? What the way they were booked? I think mm-hmm. they had to endure the Jim Hurd. To yes. Kip Fry, to Bill Watts era. That's true. Pretty much, like right around there. But they here's the thing is and that I got, like about them. Is no, that I love them. Their work very much like overcomes a lot of the bullshit going on in the background. Yes. It's like, it's because Paul's leading it and he really does, even back then, have a good mind for the business. It's the little things that like, the one thing I always think of is, for example, at the war games, where they're like, right. where they're like on the outside, and like even Medusa is there, and they have a fucking map of the, <laughs> yeah, of, right. the of the cage. Like, why do you need a map of this thing that's not that big? It's fucking awesome. Like it's, like you know what I mean. They're like prepared, it's, Quinn. It's little shit like that that you could tell. Like, no, this stuff's really well thought out. It's the like I love the fallout where Paul starts like getting in tussles with Medusa, with Medusa and yes. then Rick Rude's in this weird situation where he's like well Medusa's like my girlfriend or something fuck you yep. Paul and but like at the same time he's like I'm not mad at you also Paul like it's, and it's just like I like the like subtleties right it's no like, I, I agree you're, you're saying it's booked bad yes they like lose in like weird well, stuff I don't mean that yeah yeah but like at the same time it's like I think the it's the it's the nuances of the of things that fall out from it and stuff that are really fun, right? Well, yeah, and I want to talk about War Games briefly here because that was actually one of the big high points of the Dangerous Alliance angle. This is at Wrestle War mm-hmm. uh, 92, May of 92, and he had Sting's team. Just listen to the collection of talent here for the most part. Okay, keep an open mind with some of these names, but listen to this collection of talent. Sting. Okay. Barry Windham when he was still good. Yeah, not crappy Barry Windham. Right. Dustin Rhodes. Uh-huh. Ricky Steamboat. Uh-huh. Nikita Koloff, who was kind of on the downturn by 92, but he's it's okay. still a star. Still a star. Yeah. Right? And then they're taking on Steve Austin, mm-hmm. who was already good by 92. Mm-hmm. If you haven't seen him, folks, he was... He's excellent. He's, like, always good. Rick Rude, Arn Anderson, Bobby Eaton, and... Larry Zabisco. Uh, <laughs> but li- just listen to that collection of talent. And on Everything f- was good but Larry Zabisco. <laughs> like, literally. He's uh, the worst shit. Like, why is he... He's involved in everything, and he sucks. Like, he ne- was he ever good? Like, fucking... 
What the hell? Like Bruno San Martino like got rid of him in like 1980, and he would never leave. And, you know or I mean? shut up about it. Yeah, <laughs> I feuded with Bruno. Like any company he's in. Oh my god, it's aggravating. He's just the worst thing. There, we should sure. just have a segment one season just worst things. Like Larry Zbysko <laughs> is one of them. Okay, I'm I'm fine with it. It's Someone remind the, us the worst things. <laughs> worst things. Yeah, because <laughs> he he. It's just these people that like will not fucking go away and they're awful Larry Smith is one of them for us we don't like him I'm sorry I just don't but anyway back to the dangerous alliance right great collection of talent all good workers there in all seriousness except Larry Zabisco no he's a good worker in terms of working the crowd Uh, they hated them but even the managers were good the managers Medusa uh, Paulie Dangerously never had the world title and for some reason you would just feel I know that that's like it's not real I understand wrestling is not real it just seemed right. like a good storyline thing to do. Like that's all. You know. You know what I mean. Like yes. it's just like a weird missing piece of it all. Yeah. Right? It's like you would think, oh, they're holding the world title hostage. That should be motivation for the faces to like go after them. Right. Not that they're just annoying. Yeah. Like, that's you know what all. I mean? Like it'd be like Jimmy Hart making a big fuss about having the IC. Like he did, but everyone knew that that wasn't the main thing. So they're like, whatever, you have it, Jimmy. You're a right. face anyway. <laughs> yeah. We don't care. Yeah, very big, big defender of his men. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's you know, and obviously what happened here. Sorry to continue the the thread is Larry Zabisco got kicked out after War Games. Good, good, <laughs> excellent. And they continued on there, but kind of went. Uh, what was it around? It's kind of fitting that Larry Zabisco would be kicked out yeah, first. They booed him and turned face, didn't so he? So much ass. Like, I know. I, Paul, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> You're horrible. Um, but yeah, around the fall of '92, that was just kind of it. It fizzled out. It wasn't. Yeah. It was just one of those. Well, Steve Austin's now with Brian Pillman, that right. type of thing. You know. Now here's the weird thing, though, right? Is yeah. that they 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 fizzle out in the WCW, but Paul, like a year later, he has like, his ECW goes to version. ECW, and he's still like pushing the dangerous alliance right yes because in the and at the beginning of ecw paul was basically a manager like he was pretty not, much all he is he was also like booking it but he didn't even not the own beginning. it yet no yeah, he, he was booking it though pretty early on early on but yeah he, in september of 93 but like yeah. for the first run of 93 he wasn't mm-hmm. that was eddie gilbert he had like a billion people in this bullshit too oh yeah so just as lip service here to the ecw version you had uh the dark patriot which is eddie gilbert I mean, uh, Doug Gilbert, excuse me. Right. You had Don Morocco. Remember when Don Morocco was like all fat and proud in ECW? It was good. Uh, it is good. It's, I'm fine the, with it. Was he the first champion or Snooka? Snooka was, Snooka. right? Yeah. Uh, you had Snooka himself was in it. Mm-hmm. You had Sabu. And this is not all at the same time. I'm just giving you the names. Right. You had Taz and when he was the Tasmaniac. Uh, 911, obviously, his bodyguard. Always. 911 probably is the longest member of the yes. Dangerous Alliance because he's with Paul from like beginning to end. Yeah, yeah pretty ECW, much, right? Yeah. But yeah. my favorite part is playing the role of uh, Medusa, you know, the director of covert <laughs> operations. <laughs> yep. The one and only Sherry Martell. Which is a way better version it of is. that. It is. As much as... I thought Medusa did a great job, but I mean, Sherry. She, like, you can't beat this Sherry, is, This man. is like a tailor-made role for the yes. sensational Sherry, right? Yep. It's like, hey, come on. Like, I know. This is what, to me, she should always have been this like femme fatale thing going on, right? I love it's it. like looking pretty but then she'll just kick you in the fucking face right she's great at that yeah, yeah she's so good at that yeah uh so that was you know again he didn't really manage full-time in ecw especially right. when he started booking it decreased and by 95 i think he was done managing 94 95 yeah there's this weird new dangerous alliance which also is ecw but i don't want to talk about that it's really crummy you and gotta, we're not gonna when, get into it when you have cw anderson involved you just don't when you have sign guy dudley as also, lou e dangerously yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's actually funny. it's amazing See, right why did it you know what the one thing about the, the whole dudley stuff is they were actually like those jokes are still pretty funny they are like, no they're that, really all funny that, all that blue wo stuff is sort of so it's so dumb it's really that dumb it, yeah that blue it's w. charming right Dudley blue wo whatever blue world odor whatever yes there you but go like all those little those those are two things right that yeah. the blue wo and Stop and saying that. the blue wo now antwerp's gonna post some photoshop shit and, and of course and dudley's yes like that the all the little jokes in there are amazing like dances with dudley and <laughs> Fucking big Stevie cool. Like yeah, big old, Stevie cool. Like they're all stupid. <laughs> um and that's really it. I guess one one more comment about the world title scene that I wanted to get to. I understand why they didn't have it from one point of view, because for some of this run, Vader had it, and I get that you also need to push him, but that even more so is to me why these guys just aren't viewed as like the one of the best stables of all yeah. time. by our fans, obviously, but legacy wise out you know, there if you got vader on the roster wouldn't it make a lot of sense if like yes. larry zabisco is kicked out and then vader joins and they're still a thing does that diminish rick root at all though his stature that's the only thing is well, if then have... it's cool because you have two main event guys right yeah and they're like vying for who's like the best guy right in dangerous alliance and then paul steps back and it's like I don't care. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. I'll just take whoever's the best guy. And then you have like an interesting fucking angle. And then maybe you could work in that shit where Medusa sides with Rick Rude. And then, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not, I know I'm fantasy booking, but like, that's a good way to break him off. I get what you're you know saying. What I mean? No, I do get and it. And still have your Medusa hates Paul shit. Right. Like, you know? <laughs> yes, I get it. Uh, but that is the Dangerous Alliance. A great collection of talent, no matter how you slice it. Did some good stuff during a period of time for WCW where they didn't have Ric Flair, which was what they had been used to for so long. So, gotta hand it to them. They were a yeah. really entertaining group. Yep. Quinn, it is now time to find out. This is it. This, okay. Everyone out there, right? You've been listening. You've been waiting. Which 10 made it, right? Yeah. Which guys made it? Now we're going to find out who drew number 10. And remember, this is very important. These rankings. Yep. They're very the, serious. The, the most important rankings to ever happen. So, let's all find out who drew number 10. 10. Sandwich, hot dog, Iceland. Oh, no, that's not it. Yeah, Sierra Nevada <laughs> yeah. Hotel. Dog face. Yeah, whatever, whatever they say. It it's the shield now. I can hear everyone groaning. Oh, how could something newer be good? Because Whoa. it was good. Because it was. Yeah, it was actually Fucking good. Sorry. People liked it. It was good. You know, I, I like when this happens where there's like a new thing and people are actually like, oh, it's actually good. And we yeah. like this a lot. This was good. It's like an all timer. You know what I mean? It like, is. Yeah, because this is one of those things. Where, you know, it does the thing that we like with a stable, where it's organic. You know what I mean? How, to an how extent, it, how it yes. grows. Like, no, I know, like, they put them together, that's manufactured, but the fact that it got popular, yes. it was, like, completely organic. That Yes, uh, the, the, the breakout star, if you will, especially, was very organic. So, The Shield, folks, is um, pretty modern. Got started in 2012. Which is a long time, it's like eight years ago now, it's eight actually. eight years ago yeah. already, yeah. yeah. And obviously, that's Dean Ambrose, Roman Reigns, and Seth Rollins. We know that, right? And most people know that. You may know them as uh, Tyler Black, um, yes. Leaky, John Moxley, and John Moxley. Yes, uh, you, you, you may know them as those names. My favorite part about John Moxley is that his real name is John Good. Yeah, just Good. <laughs> that's a great name. You should just use that. <laughs> Does that like mean a... Renee Young's real name in life, real life, is Renee Good? Renee Good. 
<laughs> no, so uh, Tyler Black's real name, you know, Seth Rollins is Colby Lopez. In case you really care, wow, that's a cool ass name, actually. Colby like Lopez. Colby. Colby. It's like Dynasty. It's very cheesy, if yeah. you will. <laughs> and then Roman Reigns is a uh, Leity Joseph Joe. Anawaii. Or Leaky. Leaky, as we call yeah, him. Yeah. Leaky. That was actually his his name was Leaky or Leaky, as we say. <laughs> that's like I mean, that is really real. That's why I said you may know him as Leaky. He, like when you watched NXT and yeah. like from the barn or wherever when it <laughs> Remember when it was like in like nothing? Yeah, when it was in like Kentucky or <laughs> like some du- shit. Dusty Roads is just like There's a literal gonna, dusty road we're gonna, outside. We're gonna do this here. Man, I don't care, Daddy, we're doing it right here. This is Leaky. There's nobody in here. Like literally nobody. It's just like fucking banners. This is leaky. Yeah. Um, anyway, The Shield. So they started in 2012, and they were mercenaries for CM Punk. Now, before we get to anything here, CM Punk uh, complained on the um, Colt Cabana podcast rather famously that, you know, this is 2014, that it was supposed to be Chris Hero instead of Roman Reigns. Well, he's fat. God forbid the WWE try to make a new star. Like, who's the future of yeah. the... Like, honestly. Well, okay, can I can I say something here? In 2012, yeah. there was... Because it was before Chris Hero got all fat, first of all, right? Yeah. Second of all, there was this, like, understanding within the indie, indie like, industry or whatever the fuck is that Chris Hero was, like, due for this big push because he was doing so good in the indies, right? That they'd bring him in and he was going to be this big fucking deal, right? So maybe that's why CM Punk sure. thought... Well, it's only natural, right? Chris Hero, he's great in the indies right now. Well, he was pissy about it, too, because, you know, Tyler Black and John Moxley were actual indie guys, and they were. Roman Reigns was not. He was exactly. a product of, you know, viewed as the system. But first of all, he had a respect for the business. He was a Samoan. Right. Literally. I mean, his dad is fucking Sika. Yeah. They have a great reputation within the business. Yeah. I. But I. all I'm saying is CM Punk was an indie guy. He probably, yeah. It probably says a lot that two of the guys are indie guys, and maybe all he's saying is like, well, the leader should be like top-notch indie right. guy, Chris I get it. Hero, right? I get it. No, yeah. I understand where he's coming from. He just wants to work with his friends. Exactly. Yeah. Which is great. Could you imagine if he, it, he'd Colt be pissed Cabana, if anyone else said that, could you imagine though? if Colt Cabana was the leader of the show? That would have just been bad. It would have sucked ass. Yes. As much as I like Colt, he's not like, he's a fun wrestler. He's not a serious wrestler. As much as I don't like him. No, what? he's a nice guy. He's I, a very I'm nice kidding. man. I like him. Sometimes the things I say aren't 100% serious. That's true. But anyway, back to the Shield <laughs> Let's get here. back to the Shield here. Uh, Sierra Hotel or whatever. Yeah, Sierra Hotel, Nevada, so, so, whatever. So this is during CM Punk's. Well, Kind of towards the tail end of CM Punk's big ass run, yeah. where he was the world champion. Because November of twelve, they debut. Yeah, he loses to The Rock in uh, January of thirteen. But you know what I like about them? Yeah, and a lot of people forget this about the name, the Shield. The idea was they were a shield for his WF title. That's it. That that's like the point. They were his like putty patrol. Yeah, they like <laughs> yeah. come out. It's like, well, Rock ain't fucking winning when you got these guys. No, and they're dressed like ninety eight big boss man, so you can't beat that. Yeah, but they didn't have the the fart music or they should have. Yeah, no. <laughs> they had their own version of form it's yeah. still farty it's still farty it's funny they kept that song even now like i know, I know. um now the way they started off dean ambrose was actually the leader and he had the shorter hair and he wasn't crazy he was just like the only one that really talked yeah now there's a raw moment that nobody's gonna forget anytime soon especially the champ john cena and, and Seth, Seth Rollins. the architect or something? Like, they were like, he's <laughs> I hate thinking. That. I he's hate thinking. it. I'm an architect. <laughs> You're an architect? 
I'm not. That's like literally the Dangerous Alliance, like like fucking yeah, but it's specs bad. of the cage guy. Like you know what I mean? That whole thing is bad. And Seth has really stupid hair too. And Roman's oh the- yeah, he's got the two sided <laughs> colors or whatever. And Roman's the quiet badass one. He's and like that- the Batista, right? Yeah, like how Evolution had the big guy. Yep. And that's actually how he got so over is just his quiet charisma. Right. They didn't push him. Exactly. He was just there. This is he did. <laughs> People forget because they everyone hates fucking Roman Reigns or whatever. The now fuck. they don't. Now, now they turn. I understand heel. that now they don't. But back then, like, well, not back then. At, at the beginning of the Shield, Roman Reigns was the cool ass one, right? But then yes. once they once everyone was like, oh, they're pushing, and we fucking hate this guy, right? Yes. But like, you, people forget that Roman Reigns was like very much the like, no, he's the coolest guy because right. the other two, while they're good wrestlers, this guy just comes in and kicks everyone's ass. Correct. You know. And these guys kicked a lot of ass, by the way. I mean, they had the uh, tag titles, Rollins and Reigns, because Ambrose grabbed a hold of the U.S. title and never defended it for like a year. Remember, he like bragged about how long he had it. That, that at some point, that was like very much intentional. There was like, it's like they handed it to him, and then like they forgot that he had it, or like I whoever swear, was man. booking it, and then it became like an in joke for a while because they didn't really need it anyway because the Intercontinental title was filling that role. Yeah, like so, so it was kind of like he had this like toy belt with him that he was just like, yeah, I'm the best ever, you know? It was like a Slammy Award, practically, yeah. you know what I mean? And then they had this period of time throughout 13 where they kind of were undefeated for a while. Like, I think they yeah. had an undefeated streak going until the spring of 13. or It was a long-ass time that they didn't even lose. But what I like to think about with this is that what this did for them was yeah. that it made them, like, quietly and slowly made them seem unstoppable to the point where, like, the later... Then it was like, well, these guys are like, they never lose, so they're really good, right? Yeah, yeah. that's basically what happened. I mean, throughout 13, they just got more and more over. Right. They were heels, right. right? And then the Survivor Series of 13 happened, and that was the first big breakout performance from one of them, and in this case, it was Roman Reigns. Right. They booked him, whether you like him or not, you will like that or not, but they booked him very strong for Survivor Series 13. Give him a shot. And he performed very well. Yes. And then the Royal Rumble of 2014. Yep. Obviously, we know that all the controversy with that one, right? Yeah, CM Punk so, quit the so day after I, that. I just want to. I just. Daniel Bryan. This was an infamous fucking match, of course. Because yes, CM Punk fucked this company, so he just sits in the corner the whole time. Daniel and he Bryan. Was hurt too. Why the hell is he not winning? Rey he wasn't Mysterio, even in it. Yeah, he wasn't even in it. Rey Mysterio. Rey Bianca. Mysterio in his spot, right? But the the bright spot spot out of all of this was that because everyone was so fucking mad that Daniel Bryan was not in it, rightfully so, by the way, that. Like, Roman Reigns gets a bunch of eliminations midway through this match, and everyone's like, well, we'll take that, not fucking Rey Mysterio or Batista well, they were or whatever. pissed about Batista strolling yeah. in at, like, 27 or whatever, yeah. looking old and like, <laughs> so, I'm here, title match. And, and Roman Reigns, and I don't know how much of this was by accident or not, Roman Reigns, because a lot of stuff was by accident during this, because they didn't know what the hell they were doing. Right. Um... Roman Reigns just happens to be in near the end. He's number. He's the last guy, right? And so besides he's, Batista, and he's knocking people out left and right. And everyone's like, "Can we just? Can we have this? Can we just have not him? Batista, right? Right." But Vince interprets this as like, "Oh, this is the next big star, Roman Reigns." And it's like, "No, no, but we want Daniel Bryan, right?" Like, you know what I mean? Like, so that's where all the that is part of it, Quinn. That's really where the, that to me that's the genesis of this whole. Why the fuck are they pushing this guy? He was just happened to be there, so we because we wanted some other guy, right? I think that's part of it, and we would have been happy just seeing the Shield continue on a lot longer, and that's right. kind of one of the things I want to get to, right? So after Royal Rumble, the Shield are still heels, 
But everyone was kind of in the Roman because of the Royal Rumble and the Survivor, which exactly. is fine, right? They kind of carried over, even though again it wasn't what we wanted, but it was it was there. We're fine with it. We're right? fine. We're good with this. Roman is a strong <laughs> member of the Shield right. thing, right? The only one no one likes is Dean Ambrose, because again, you got to remember he wasn't a face yet. He wasn't like crazy. He didn't have the ketchup and mustard yet, so <laughs> it wasn't as good. Right. He his hair was like still too short or something. I didn't like it. Yeah, it was bad. And Rollins we were okay with because he's smaller. I'm like, hey y'all. He was cool. He's fine. And then the best, right? And we've talked about this before. The Wyatt family, when they were actually like still serious and people thought they were an intimidating threat. Right. So they hadn't been like completely ruined and like right. lost to John Cena six times <laughs> or whatever, right? So like they come in and they're very neat for the first bit, right? It's yes. like it's got it's got the Bray Wyatt. You got the big guy with the beard. What's his name? I don't even remember anymore. The two of them have beard. Eric Rowan. Yeah, Eric Rowan, that guy. Eric Rowan. Oh, yeah. Eric Rowan. And Brody Lee. What the hell was he? Luke Harper. Yes, Luke Harper. Luke Harper's cool. Bray Wyatt's cool as shit. Eric Rowan's like, fuck this guy. <laughs> no one liked him. Didn't they replace him with Braun Strowman Later. at some point? Don't worry but about anyway, that. But <laughs> anyway, anywho, these guys come in, the dark, they're here, and then like everyone just is all on the ground. A sister Abigail, maybe she's in the fact. There's a rocking chair. There's we don't a, know. We, there's all these things. There's Their a, music's good. There's a light that maybe, I don't know what it does. It's like the urn for them. He's kind of Will and Mercy, but not really. Yeah, Bray, but he's kind know. of Undertaker, but he's kind of not. <laughs> I don't know. So, they're heels. Uh-huh. Shield heels. And remember that one Raw where they're just facing off on yes. each side of the apron? So, this, this is the moment where, like, literally everyone is like, all this weird shit with both of these factions that's going on in the background, they kind of like, there's like a strange moment on Raw, and I still feel like what's weird about all this is somehow this is all in the build-up to WrestleMania 30, if I recall, yes, it right? Is. It's like, they don't even fight each other at WrestleMania 30, these no. two factions, but they just like see, they like, there's this thing where all these people are coming in, there's like, you know, the run-ins at the end of the show kind of thing, and, yep. you know, all these people, and then all of a sudden, for some reason, like, the shield's standing tall, and then fucking lights go out, and then the Wyatts, because they're trying to do something else, but then they like they lock eyes, yep. both factions with each other, and everyone's like, oh, fuck. Like, this I is something it. that we wanted, but we didn't know we wanted. Right? That, that literally is how I felt, because they're yeah. all heels, but you're like, oh, shit. And I was kind of on the shield and side. Because they couldn't fight each other because they were both heels, right? So it was like they just kind of look at each other, right? Yep. And then it's, it's set. Everyone's like, that's what we want. We want the shield to fight the Wyatt brothers or whatever we're calling. And and they did at the Elimination yeah. Chamber in February. Uh, the the Wyatts won because the Shield was having problems with themselves. But then oh, right. they they turn them face uh, in March. They kind of just rebel against the authority. If you forget, the authority was like this horrible angle Don't. with Triple H. Awful angle. Yeah, Triple H doesn't, and Stephanie. So doesn't this lead all lead up to? I feel like the last real moment for the Shield, the big last, as like the the old Shield, not the reunion version. Yeah. They get to fight Blue Tista, Randy Orton, and Triple H at something. They do, but before that, we have to remember their WrestleMania 30 match where they're fully faces oh, yeah. now. <laughs> and they basically, we loved it at the time, and I love it now. The Shield just kicks the New Age Outlaws and Kane's asses in like two minutes or something. It's yeah. amazing. It was the passing of the like, these guys are fucking old tours. Yes. Like, you know. And it was awesome. Yeah. It was like, good. It's good. One of, it's one of my favorite squashes at a WrestleMania I've ever seen. And it was an unexpected squash because everyone thought, oh God, they're going to do this crap where yeah. these like old ass guys are going to beat up the new guys yep. and it's going to be dumb, right? <laughs> yep. But instead, Shield's like, 
no, bam, bang, boom. Like that, that's it. They, they just, I know, like wash their hands of them. It's like they're easy as hell. It was great. Yeah. And then they move on at Extreme Rules to the feud with a uh, Triple H, Orton, and it's basically Evolution. Triple yeah. H, Orton, and Blue Tista. Evolution, new edition. Yeah. Shield wins. No Ric Flair. And oh, then he might be there. I don't he might, I don't remember. I think he it is. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And that's also when they started wearing masks. Like yeah. remember the with like the skull on them, the half oh, mask. Yeah, yeah. They looked cool. A huge victory tonight hey, for you guys. Hey. Over the New Age Outlaws in Canada. I mean, you guys have been working so closely with the authority, but to get this victory tonight at WrestleMania, how do you guys feel? I don't know. Big faces, everyone's into them. Like seriously, everyone's like, yeah, the shield is awesome. And then they fucking break them up. Yeah, so in June. Seth Rollins is like, hi, y'all, I got a chair. And he like hits them and, and Seth Rollins, he's in the authority. And it's like, oh God, this fucking like rock shit. Like, you know, you know yeah, what I mean? Poor. It, it's poor. And, and, and you want to like Seth, but he's kind of just, there's just he, not he's that- not as good anymore because of this. He's like, they put him in like this dumpy faction, right? Where yeah. like Professor Kane or whatever he is. <laughs> Remember that shit? Yes. It's like, well, I wear a suit, but then when I wrestle, I'm Kane again. And it's, it's so like, well, this corporate is Kane. They actually I called it that. Fucking hate it. There's a match, I swear, where Kane is reduced to being on like fucking heat or like main event or something on. in like fucking trousers and he like loses it's terrible like it's like what did they do to this guy like, it, like what happened how did he become this way he's horrible remember he has like hair it's all bad i just i can't stand that so much like you got fucking kane it's like i know kane's not it doesn't have the best history in the world but does he really need to be a fucking guy in Dickie's pants and, and like <laughs> shitty hair and he's kind of fat? Like, it's like, what What even is this? Sounds right to me. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Like, why did they ever take the mask off? I'm sorry. It's I know it's a rant, but it's just it's just one of those things that it's it's like, I don't know what they were thinking with Kane sometimes. I know sorry, it has nothing Quinn. to do with the shield. It doesn't but, matter. It's yeah. fine. Anyway. So that's it. They break them up in June of 14. That was great. And there's like, <laughs> there's a couple, couple of half-hearted reunions and a couple of full ones. Then like Dean Ambrose in real life is like, hey, I'm leaving. And they're like, oh, the shield was the best thing ever. Let's do a whole special on it. Yeah. And we're like, okay, but it wasn't that like, it wasn't around that long. Let's calm yeah, down here. Yeah. That's the only thing. So um, my biggest gripe, they broke them up way too soon. And then they pushed Roman as a single. Seth Rollins be a heel, which I think is still the wrong move. I think he should have been a face and Ambrose the, the heel. The prevailing question is what was the real... What led to the problems with Roman Reigns because of this? Was it the too early breakup or the too um, full, full-throated full like push? Or All was it. it both? All like, of it. Daniel Bryan... Whether the fans are right or wrong, what they wanted and expected, right, is yeah. Daniel Bryan to win the 14 Royal Rumble. That's just right. what they wanted. They didn't... They didn't <laughs> The Roman Reigns was like a happy accident, yes. but it wasn't like, again, it was a replacement. It wasn't Correct. what was actually wanted. But everyone seemed fine, including us, when Roman was part of the shield as faces even. No one was like, oh, the shield is getting pushed too much. No. As the shield. He was in a weird way protected by the shield. Yes. Roman Reigns, no pun intended. Shielded by it, right? Yeah. Shut up. So I'd say the early breakup hurt all three of the guys. I'm dead ass serious, yeah. too. I, I really think, mean I it. I think the the guy who benefited the most from the early breakup was uh, John Moxley, John Moxley. Over, over there because he got to be crazy Dean Ambrose and that really he got that. him over it, yeah. instead of this I don't know he was like a preppy guy. It was weird. What, he was like Zach Morris's he? brother. It, what even was he in that faction? Like I don't, <laughs> I don't, know. I, I don't even get it. Preppy. Like, yeah. yeah, he, he was like preppy, preppy looking. I don't know. Like he looked weird. <laughs>
And I think the other thing that really hurt Roman was when CM Punk did that shoot interview. Right. With Cole, and not that CM Punk doesn't have the right to do a fuck. Of course he does. You know, I'm not work, saying he doesn't work there anymore. He can say whatever the hell he say wants. Say whatever he wants. Yeah. But I think that uh, a lot of the smart fans were like, oh, it's CM, it's Roman Reigns' fault that CM Punk didn't get to have Chris Hero in the shit. Roman has worked his ass off. Mm-hmm. I'm just uh, one last thing. He's just an employee. He's worked his ass off. He always did. He never acted like anything should be handed to him. He's tried. He had fucking leukemia. Yeah. No, I don't have a, th- a thing against the so guy. I'm tired of my, the whole Roman sucks thing, by the way. My problem with him mostly is that. I don't like they, the way they booked him at all. They've always wanted him to be John Cena. And he's not. He's not John Cena. No. And he never will be. No. And he never will be even. And I hate to say this because it may be, I, I can't predict the future, but John Cena is like a once in a lifetime and once in a, once not in a, a generation. generation talent. Like, right. It's like you only get like a couple of these guys ever. You get Hulk Hogan, Steve Austin, the Rock, Rock Luckily. And, jo- and John Cena. I can't yeah. name many others that are macho man, maybe. Yeah. But like Roman Reigns is just not that. He just isn't. Like, no, but he's a top heel. He, he's I think. a top. He's a top wrestler. He's a and great a wrestler. Worker, yeah. It's just the moment that they dis- which is recently they finally the moment they said you know what fuck all this shit that was what they needed to do years ago and it like, worked it, people love it right because it's like yeah he's not gonna be like this legend that people are gonna remember forever like John probably Cena probably not yeah but like he's young enough that he's still got time yeah you might as well get the most you can out of him yeah he's good he's good like wrestler I said, it's gonna take them many years just like it took the many years after Hulk Hogan to figure out who the fuck was gonna be their like biggest thing, the they, they, still, thing yeah. they still don't have it totally agree they don't have it John Cena makes car commercials now so yeah, I know whatever it's a whole different thing yeah. but now let's move on to the rankings Quinn a quick mm-hmm. rundown one more time here this is the final rankings folks number one NWO two the four horsemen three the Hart Foundation Four, the Freebirds. Five, DX. Six, Evolution. Seven is the Nation. Eight is the Heenan family. Quinn, where do we start the Dangerous Alliance? The Dangerous Alliance. I think they're better than the Heenan family. I think they are too. Because there's cohesion there. They're better than the Nation. Do you? Okay, why is that? I'm not disagreeing. It's one of those things where they were um, their place on the card. The fact that the whole company was centered around fighting them. Besides Vader, yes. Besides Vader, yes. Which is fine. They they headline pay per views and shit like that. Yeah, big angle. They're just a little bit better than the nation. The nation, unfortunately, like I say, you know what always hampers the nation is the start of the nation. The first half of the nation is dump. Yeah, there's really only about a year in there where it was the other way. Yeah, you know, with with the rocks version. It's just like fifty fifty nature of yeah. the of the nation that's really upsetting and annoying. It's like when you know crush like the crush and Savio era, and then even when it's like. The Farouk, but The Rock is in it. It's okay. Yeah. It, yeah. it gets better and better is basically what happens. You it know what I mean? It gets better and better, but it's only at the tail end, really, like for like a year that they're yeah, good. The really charismatic version with the Godfather, like morphing yeah. into. You know, I agree with you. I think I can put uh, the Dangerous Alliance above the nation. Now, here's what I'm, where I'm going to maybe I'll get some flack, but I don't think they're as good as Evolution. No, not even because of Lemmy. <laughs> it's just Evolution was a little bit more successful. The Dangerous Alliance. See, the Dangerous Alliance has this weird, like, thing where it's, like, they were really, like, pushed and well-used and all this, and not even well-used during <laughs> the, like, Pizza Man era and all that, um, but the thing is, is that the the other forms of the Dangerous Alliance, they're all just, like, Heenan family versions where it's just, oh, these are people that Paul manages. But we're not counting any of that against them, are we? No, but I'm just saying, it's like, there's this brief period, essentially, where they're an actual faction, like, a year. <laughs> I guess not brief, but, you know... In the long run, not as long as some of these other facts other than the Heart Foundation. But not like, as long as Don Henley. 
great singer. I hate one of the best voices. I don't know where I stand on this, Quinn. I Okay, I have to take the modern bias out of it. Well, Evolution's not even that modern anymore is a thing, but I don't think that the Triple H, Batista, Orton, Flair stable is as good of a collection of talent, believe it or not. I know Flair's in it, but he's really? like old. He First of all, Flair's like old. Oh, no, I'm not counting Flair, but I think Batista and Randy Orton are great talents. But I think Steve Austin, Rick Rude, Arn Anderson, yeah, but Bobby the, Eaton. But here's the thing, is that if you're talking about like, I guess, launching points for the talent, maybe, it's that you could say Evolution launched two great talents and Dangerous Alliance launched one, I guess, in Steve Austin. But even it did it even launch Steve Austin because he yes. was already like a thing. Yeah, but that really helped him, I think. Yeah, I think that's that, true. And the Hollywood Blondes took him one step further. Right. I think it was just a gradual progression. Maybe yeah, he would have gotten like there one, anyway. One step of his his progression. So you really think we just cut off the Dangerous Alliance right below Evolution? Yeah. Whoa. I I don't know. I think people tend to overlook the impact of evolution when i when i think back to it now and the fact that like holy shit batista's a fucking movie star holy shit randy orton he's a very top tier fucking talent in general yeah i know that like triple h for all that i hate him he's still like good it was good for careers but like the it wasn't that compelling Everyone like hated that version of Triple H. Yeah, like, this were, fucking sucks. Everyone th- stopped watching. Here's the thing. One thing I will say about this: instead of channeling Triple H's heeldom into like Katie Vick angles, they channel- channeled it into something like a faction that was actually like hateable, but in a way where it's like a traditional like heels that was- anchored the company. Like, and that's the one thing the evolution did right is they were kind of like they were these goons that everyone was fighting towards in that very old school traditional four horsemen way. That, so like, were the every- Dangerous Alliance, though, Quinn. Right, but the Dangerous Alliance, and they're better at on it. On one my hand, no, nah, in my opinion, the the Dangerous Alliance is trying. The Dangerous Alliance is very overt about being a horseman replacement. Don't evolution's not. Yes, are but, you kidding? They it, have Ric Flair yes, in it. Yes. Yes. What are you talking However, about? The Dangerous Alliance is like the is like the Pizza Man version of it. It's like not there's something not right about it in a weird way. Because of the way they booked it though. Yeah, exactly. But evolution feels like it's more fully realized, if that makes any sense. It's like it's 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 well done. And maybe that's just because it has Ric Flair to kind of like legacy it. Like so it's like, oh, it 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 has the official handoff, right? So you mean to tell me that you think DX is better than the Dangerous Alliance? Yes. <laughs> 100%. At what? At just being more interesting, groundbreaking, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm. DX did the... What was cool that DX did that I really, really like that... And I think we said this, is that they were one of those weird factions that didn't care about being the best as much as they were, like, disruptive. That they were whole, a disruptive faction. And They're I very kinda, different. I kind of like that. Like, that. I like that it's not all about, we gotta have all the belts and be the best and all this shit. Yeah, because like, even they, the NWO was like, we need all the belts. Right. The unique thing about DX is like, Sean was just kind of like, well, I'm so fucking good, whatever. Just hand me the uh, European title. I'll just go grab the world title because fuck Brett. And like, you know, yeah. Like, but the titles were not like important. They were just them. like a couple of assholes. <laughs> they, they, That's all it was. Just like, it's like, oh, this fucker's in the way. Like, get, let's get rid of him. Like, have China punch him or something. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, but it was like the belts were secondary <laughs> to them, like, essentially goofing around. Uh, I know. I don't know if that's good or not, but I guess um, it was different. 
the thing with evolution data slides it's kind of a perfect they're kind of interchangeable they're the same thing they're They're like the horseman successor replacement editions i just think that evolution was a little bit of a higher quality dangerous alliance there's a lot of like too many people involved too (laughs) i don't have the energy all right fine number seven for dangerous alliance i think i think any day of the week you could go either way with that let's put it that way i just don't think either of them are as good as dx (laughs) all right you don't think you really think dangerous alliance is better than dx yeah. Like, have you watched a lot of different dangerous I've lines? seen enough of it to have an opinion. I just you know? think that it's a little flat when I see it. Like, that's all. I don't this. Uh, listen, I'm not going to even fight you on it. Yeah. I'm, I'm putting them in as number I like seven. it a lot. Yeah. I just don't think it's as, like, amazing as DX. What about uh, Sierra Nevada over here? The Sierra Shield? Nevada Hotel? I think they're pretty good, but they're I don't. Pretty fucking good, actually. I, I don't um, think they're. Um, like, they're better than the Heenan family. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> as far as, like. They've been better than the nation. I don't know. Look at the names that it launched. What about the nation? The Rock! Yeah, but the problem is D-Lo. Uh, the Godfather the God- who you always rave about? Yeah, I rave about, but you it, rave never, about- it didn't go anywhere in the long run. Oh, but come on. I mean, listen. It he, didn't- his days had been numbered with Seth Papa Rollins has, is overrated as Seth Rollins. Like, Tyler- really? You really think so? Yes. This guy has no fucking ring psychology. He's just flippy floppy. He's not that good. I think he's a great he's a performer. He's a great athlete. I think he's a great performer, honestly. <sighs> and I thought the, I don't even think he's that bad on the mic. I what? I, I never really terrible. Had a I terrible. The thing is, is that when he's a heel, he acts a certain way, and like I, I don't like. I really think that it pisses you off on purpose. Like I think he's intending to talk with like this, like well, as a he, heel. But when he's when he's a face, he he changes how he talks too. Like yeah. I noticed that. Like he he doesn't. He's just less annoying, right? I don't think the shield is better than the nation. You really do. Man, the shield, the shield gave me some moments where I was like, "Yeah, no, I, this is okay. some, this is fucking good." I agree. Like, you know what I mean? Like that whole Wyatt's thing. That I can't say any t- that any time the nation ever did that for me. Like where I was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Wait a sec. This is a new horizon I didn't ever think about." Like yeah. the nation was always like us. The nation. They're I, really at the, good. At the end of the day, the nation was always something that they wanted to be bigger than it was. Whereas the shield was something. That was just some bullshit side crap that like they didn't think was going to be big at all, and it ended up being way bigger than it was. They probably think, "Look at these NXT babies. Let's put them in a thing, and they're just goons for CM Punk." And like, it turned you know out to it, be really good. It turned out to be this great fucking thing, right? Do you think the it's nation a- was intended? It was like written in as like this big fucking vehicle for Ron Simmons. That's going to be this huge thing that, that had a crush in it. It's got all these people that <laughs> who are these people? Yeah. Like the the lady in the thing and, I know, and like, the guys I, with the hats on. And like, then crush. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like I don't know. It's just like the intention for both of them was so dramatically different, but the result was so also different from okay. what it was supposed to be. I'm sold. Uh, I'm okay with it. Uh, the shield's very good. Do you think though with the shield, the WWE as they often do, they they're overblowing it and it's overwrought. Like greatest faction ever, the oh, legacy no, no, of no, the no. shield, no. and here's a special. Like what the fuck? It's not. But that I good. do think because you have to kind of, you have to kind of dig through the WF fluff and and give the shield their credit. I think I agree. I think there's more credit than is is given by the fans to. You know what I'm saying? Like yes. the fans don't give the shield enough credit because they're. They're, they're, the fluff is all in their way and they're like oh WF like they're saying they're yeah, good or so whatever. the shield must suck but at the but same they time they were no good. they 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 they're the fluff is actually true to a certain extent in this case it's just not how they fluff up Triple H right. King of Kings right, and all this yes. like the greatest to ever exist right <laughs> yes. it's like they're not that good but I think that the shield 
honestly is better than the Dangerous Alliance. They might be, to me, in my opinion, I like them better than Evolution. Oh, I like them better. Yeah. Well, I don't like da- Dangerous Alliance being below Evolution to begin with, or DX, but yeah. I like the Shield better than Evolution, but I don't know if they're more important to the company. I like them better than Dangerous Alliance. Uh, see, you know why I keep giving Dangerous Alliance some flack? It's because they're one of those things that I love it on paper, but I, I, I went back and I watched the stuff yeah, I know. in it's practice, not that great. and I was like, it's not like best stuff ever. It's not even Paul's best. It you don't really, think? It really isn't. He's so good in ECW. Like, yeah. As whatever he does. He's so good. Like, you know what I mean? He is. Like, no, no, he's no. just guy in a, in a coat saying how good ECW an is. An increasingly larger coat. Yeah. And, or if he's, like, managing Sabu or some shit. Or, yeah. like, getting managing involved. Managing a subway. Like, being friends with Public Enemy for no reason. Like, all that needs shit. A, like needs an enema. I know you keep calling him fat, but, like. No, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I haven't listen, said that once. I really think that the shield is like, in a weird way, the fans have underrated the shield. Maybe. Because, because they, they hate Roman and yes. anything since 2001 has to be terrible. They forget the feels we had with the shield. Well, that, some of them might not have had a feel shields. Shield feels. I just mean to say is that like they, they elicited actual emotion that I like cared about them. I agree. In a weird way. And like, I can't say that about like either of these two things fine not, now D, they're not fine. as good as dx like that dx what was do you like mean? dx was fucking awesome for like four months and then it was just like triple h and his crew yeah but it's not even uh, just the Shawn michaels thing i even the second version was good only until like SummerSlam 98 everything yes, yes. fell apart at SummerSlam. no i agree but the whole creative did yeah yeah let's, let's <laughs> this is real that's true that's 100% true. But the Shield also fell apart spectacularly when they like... Yeah, I know. That's their biggest strike against them, Quinn. Imagine yeah. if they had stayed together longer and did more. That would have been an all-time faction. Exactly. They would be next to the Har Foundation. Seriously. Yeah. Okay. But this is where they fall short, right? Okay. It's because DX... To me, the, the funny thing about the DX falling apart, it was kind of like gradual and like almost unnoticeable. Yes, it, like it was it just, just kind of like phase out. It just kind of like a phase out. Shield was a hard, hey y'all, and it just like <laughs> fucking ended and you were like, what the, why did you do this? Like, and then they're know? like, here's the top, here's the new John Cena, Roman and Reigns. They, and then they did the, we're fucking sorry thing like two years later and it's like, let's just make them a regular thing. Too late. Yeah, it's like, no, why, then- you messed it up. <laughs> They did. They yeah. fucked it up. Yeah. They really, really did. They yeah. got all like fancy thing like, oh, Roman will be a breakout. Ro- no, no. And they tried <laughs> to do this side shit too where like, remember, like there was this period of time where Seth was a big fucking heel, but they're like, no, we're brothers for life, <laughs> Dean Ambrose and Roman Reigns. Like, it's like, well, they will, the bond will never be broken. <laughs> Shield for life like, or whatever. Fuck you. <laughs> like they even did the shit like no we want we're, we're what we're really fighting for is so seth comes back <laughs> yes. and it's like what the fuck <laughs> he hit you guys what the what i'm the They're architect like, it's, it's like up. but you'll be our brother for life dog <laughs> like it's like what is this shit you know like and more and more people thought that around that period i've been stopped watching because yeah. it was bad i don't know whatever right, shield at six wow I, I think they're high but i think it's deserved because during the the buildup, it was all like organic and then they fucked it up. But up to that time, there was a good run. There was a really, really good was thing. Good. Okay. Like, you know, you know what? Like, you're right. There was more emotion in it than I ever got out of evolution. But can they be better than DX? Cause that'd be great. I don't know. D- no. DX is overrated. Quinn. Let's they put made it this way. They're, jokes. They're firmly in the fucking center of this list. And that's where they belong. They made <laughs> penis references. 
Yeah. They that's ba- they broke kayfabe like real cool, the but thing, it didn't do anything. The thing is, you're saying that, but in 1997, I that know. was like that was like wow. I get like, you that. Know what I mean? Like it was like this was we're t- still talking about a time period where if somebody would even do something slightly appropriate, Jr. would be like, "Oh, sorry, our USA Network, <laughs> don't fucking throw us off the air." Sorry about that. Yeah, it's All like right, fine. It, it was like it was actually like risky, like yeah. what they were doing risky. with them. Legitimately. I'm going to give you a few names that didn't make the list before we wrap it up here that just missed the cut. Sure. The Corporation. Uh, They stink ass. But Vince was really good, I think, is the main thing. Authority almost in, too. No. New Day, which I understand if we're counting the free birds, New Day counts, right? I'm actually surprised. They're they're okay. The Triple Threat from ECW, Shane Douglas uh, and all those guys. I like that a lot. Too too brief. And also, it had like WCW involvement. It's kind of, yeah, yeah, the Jersey tried. The Nexus, no. Uh, yeah, not, not at all. <laughs> the Bullet Club, okay, I can Almost. see that. Almost. Here, the problem with the Bullet Club to me is that the history is so extensive, you need like a fucking encyclopedia to even understand yeah. because there's like- There's all these offshoots. There's all these offshoots. There's eras of it. There's like the fucking, um, what's the guy with the- with- Fergal. Fergal. There's the Fer- Prince Dwayne, Devitt. Dwayne Fergal, whatever his name is. Prince Devitt. There, there's then there's it. like the AJ era. The AJ era. Then there's the Kenny Omega era. Then whoever it is now, and then it's like, like 1, Samu or something. I forget. And like Carl Anderson somehow is like a pers- persisting force. Yeah, it's in it. it's I mean, it's not bad, but it's, it's, not bad. it's, it's just, hard it's, to keep track of. It's very hard to keep track of. Very hard. Stud Stable, which there's like a ton of iterations of, so I get why that got votes because there's like the, the Continental version. <laughs> that one, that the WC- funny as hell to me. Uh, Ron Fuller, Rob Fuller, anything is great. Varsity Club, eh. Yeah. It's fun, but it's not an all time. Aces and Eights, get the yeah. fuck out of here with Aces and Eights. Get wow, out of here. I remember that shit. Get right? away from me. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Aces and Eights, I totally forgot come on, they, they existed. We don't need that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that's it for the Royal Rankings yeah. this season. Wow, Aces and Eights, that's amazing. <laughs> that's something like I haven't thought of in years. And rightfully so. But let's run them down for you. Thank you for your votes. Uh, Number one, still the NWO. Two, the Four Horsemen. Three, the Hard Foundation. Give yeah, it up that's for that. Pretty good. Great stable. Four, the Freebirds. Five, DX. Six, the Shield. Seven, Evolution. Eight is the Dangerous Alliance. Nine is the Nation. And ten is the Heenan Family. Folks, let us know yours. Do that on Twitter at OVP Podcast. And let us know why, if you disagree. Also, you can email us OVP Podcast at gmail.com or join the group and just don't be a dunderhead. But Quinn, when we come back, we're going to Lake Minnetonka. We are going to see if it's good this time. Yeah, has it ever been? It's been, no. Uh, (laughs) It's the American Wrestling Association, and that is coming up right after this. Hello, wrestling fans. It's Joe here. And while we're on a break, I just wanted to take a moment to shout out three friends of the show. Check out the New Day podcast hosted by three guys that have actually worked in the actual wrestling business. I'm talking about Xavier Woods, Kofi Kingston and Big E. They're going to bring their unique perspective as fans, but also as people that actually work in the industry to a very creative and entertaining podcast. New Day Podcast. And then check out Greetings from Allentown, hosted by one man, Peter Winston. He'll take you on a whimsical journey through retro wrestling's past. It's unique, it's quirky, it's Greetings from Allentown. And finally, if you like your retro wrestling slathered in barbecue sauce, check out Mike Mills and Book in the Territory as they bring you the very best in the Southern Fried Wrestling. We're talking about Smoky Mountain and the NWA. It's Book in the Territory. So again, our three friends of the show. The New Day Podcast. Greetings from Allentown and booking the territory. Some of the many people who love Bernatello's pizza don't think about the care that goes into making each one. 
They probably don't know that Bernatello's five different cheeses are natural. And they probably take it for granted that the sausage is homemade just like the rich, tasty pizza sauce. The fact is, some folks are just used to the extra one quarter pound of topping on each Bernatello's pizza. But one thing they know for sure... Bernatello's pizza! It's good! If it's good enough for us, it's good enough for you! And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thank you again for being with us here. It is episode number 199. 199! Thank you, Quinn. And Quinn, we are reviewing something. Yes, we are. As we mentioned, it's AWA. Now, we have a (sighs) checkered pass with the AWA, do we not? Yeah, plenty of checker. There's so much checker, and it's all bad checkers, because I don't think we've seen... We have an open mind, folks. In all seriousness, we do. We Mm. try to, like, anytime we watch something we've never seen before, which is very often for this show... We're like, is this going to be good? And we try to look for the good. Yeah, so the the history with the AWA is literally it's one of the only promotions where we've literally tried to find a good episode. Like, yeah. we're like, this has good people in it. This right. must be good, right? right? It's like, it never is. We've done early 80s. We've done mid 80s. We've done 90 for fun. Nothing has been good. So we're trying it again. Now, Richard Land picked this one out for us. Right. And his intention, he told me, is to find us one that looked good on paper. He didn't watch it, obviously. He doesn't have time for that. He's too busy him. with the tapes. Yeah. He skimmed it for us and said, this looks good, mate, or whatever he said. So we're going to try it out here, Quinn. Now, the AWA, quick refresher, they were in existence from 1960 until 1991. Vern Gagne of Minnesota. Very, I like wrestling. I like the wrestlers that go to college and wrestle. And when <sighs> they wrestle, he likes wrestle-wrestle. Like, we're talking mat-based Wrestling. That's unfortunate for him. Grab a hold and yeah. work it for 20 minutes. That type of shit. Ovaltine. Yeah. Black and white. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> this is his DuPont era. Network. Right. It's yeah. real. Yeah. So by the 80s, ee, I don't think that that was really as popular. If you Let me put it this way. Vern Gagne himself was the champion for the most part until like 1980. Like a year before this. Yes. Where he passed off to that youngster, Nick Bockwinkle. <laughs> he's, he's like 40 then. Yeah. So, what the fuck <laughs> with that, by the way? I've maintained that I've represented the heavyweight championship of the world with the class and the dignity that it deserves. So, needless to say, Vern had a, a deliberate way that was very successful uh-huh. before this. Good. But, as most people often say, Quinn, about the AWA, a lot of really, really, really good wrestlers passed through there. That's Correct. their legacy, in all seriousness. A lot of good people. Let's see if we see anybody. It is AWA All-Star Wrestling, which is like their flagship show. It was on for 30 fucking years. It's their equivalent to your WCW Worldwide, kind of, because it was syndicated, or the WWF Championship Wrestling, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. It's August 8th, 1981, so we're going earlier here, right? This is actually good. That's always my first... (laughs) literally the first thing I wrote in my notes at Uh, this point in time. First thing I asked, too. So we start by getting a brief glimpse of like more modern day Greg Gagne. This is the 24-7 version. modern. This is probably like 10 years ago. At least, but yeah. it's that, Quinn. Jim Brunzel and myself, Greg Gagne. Greg bragging that he's in this. Is that even surprising? He's <laughs> in like every episode of AWA. I bet you there's episodes where he literally was like a baby at ringside <laughs> and they're like, there he is, Greg Gagne, future champion. He's like, goo goo. Like <laughs> there's my newborn son. Yeah. We get a dumpy ass intro, and by that I mean it's like four screens on a split screen, but they're not even equal sized. Like the top two are smaller. Yeah, it's really annoying. And the AWA are in like each of the screens, but since AWA has three letters yep. and there's four screens, it looks really, really stupid. With clips that look like they're from like the 70s, because Terrible. I guess that's when it was good. Early 70s. Yeah. And we're promised by the uh, 
voiceover guy, the greatest professional wrestlers throughout the world. So the announcer's like bragging about all these countries that the AWA is in, and he lists all of them. <laughs> it's like Nova Scotia. Germany. And like fucking all these places, right? It's like, yeah. like Deutschland. <laughs> like it says it on there. From the United States, Canada, England, Germany, Australia, Mexico, Poland, Japan, Cleveland. We had to ringside now where our drunk uncle of a ring announcer and his valet coat introduce the <sighs> AWA Tag Team Champions. That's right, Quinn. It is, of course, Greg Gagne and Jim Brunzel. Wait, 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 wait. Did they say Tag Team Champions? Yeah. Why did they not have a belt? Don't worry about details like that. Uh, uh, Entering the arena area, ladies and gentlemen, the world's heavyweight tag team champions. It's the High Flyers, and uh, Brunzel doesn't have knee pads, which bothers <laughs> me. Their opponents are Mickey Shannon and Butch Scholl. Roger Kent will be our commentator. He's very calm. He's very and calm. I'm pretty sure they never say Roger Kent until like halfway through the show. There's a lot of that going on. The ring not saying the names. The ring announcer says Roger Kent will be your announcer. Oh, did he say yeah. it? I, I didn't understand in all his drunk talk. He... <laughs> Down to Roger Kent at ringside. All right, here we go. Ready for the bell to ring as the referee watched to see that the ring is cleared. Roger Kent's okay. Not great. He had a brief stint in the WWF in the in like 84 and then 88. He's very me- mediocre there, but he's okay here. Uh, sadly, Quinn, this match is going to be two out of three falls. Which immediately angers me. Is that necessary no. in the first match? Like, it's not the place for this. Yeah, this isn't Saturday night's main event. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Butch and Brunzel start. They just grease around. The hard camera is odd, not bad. Yeah, it's weird because it makes the ring look massive. Yes. It's like they're wrestling on a football field. <laughs> like, I don't understand what's going on. This is a 30 by 30 ring? It's what so is this? Big. I know. Uh, Takedown by Brunzel, armbar. Greg, you can hear him. He's like, break his arm all quietly yeah. from the ring apron. Break his arm. Hammerlock now. Roger Kent. That's a hammerlock in case you're new to pro wrestling. <laughs> Trust me, you're not watching this if you're new to professional wrestling. <laughs> Shannon's in now. He looks really stupid. Lock up uh, and a wrist lock by Shannon. So much quiet. Yes. It's like, it's like, hey, they're wrestling. Did you know? Oh, yes. Like, And he's like, they're doing hold to hear. Like, <laughs> no one's talking. Nothing. Even the crowd's silent. Like, sometimes a kid's like, I'm at it. I, like, I, I'm I, at the wrestling. And I, then, like, and it's like, shut up, kid. You know what I mean? Like, everyone is whispering. I swear a kid's like, do you like potatoes? Or something yeah, like that yeah. during their arm arm lock. Mom, get me chips. <laughs> like, it's like that. But it's like, it, it's like that kid's being rude. Like, yeah. everyone's trying to, like, do not you don't talk, talk during the wrestling. Yeah. Goofy drop toe hold by Brunzel, and then we just roll around on the mat. What is this, high school? Practically. Yeah. Tag into Greg Gagne as a graphic pops up to tell us that Greg Gagne and Brunzel played football together. Did <sighs> JR write that one? <laughs> Alabama State. It's like, you know that shit. Gives a shit. Yeah. Spinning toe hold by Greg Gagne. Now, as Kent says, that he is the son of the world famous Vern Gagne. I'd, I'd calm down. World, world famous? Yeah. I don't think so. Germany, uh, I poke by Shannon, tagged to Scholl, big punches on the corner by Butch, but Greg turns it around, cross-corner whip, and Scholl is in trouble now. Greg works the leg. There's, like, nothing fucking happening, Nothing! More like leg gone, yeah? <laughs> Thank you. Brunzel and now to work the hammy, and more laying around. Brunzel, <laughs> Mr. Rush Kelly, oh, the hamstring, yeah, yeah, or whatever. Like, what was that? He know. just said that, right? I, was, I also commented that, too, in my notes, the hamstring, yeah, yeah. <laughs> What does that mean? I don't know. Uh, a hamstring, yaha. Brunzel with a cover for two. Teddy Gani, who lands a step over toehold here. Roger Kent is very pleasant, at least, Quinn. Yeah, he needs to speak more, though. <laughs> There's a lot of this just like. like the, that's I, a hammerlock. That's, that's all I hear. <laughs> There's not even fans. Shannon in now, and he gets taken down with a single leg takedown. 
Fuck. Leg, leg, leg. A lot of leg. But it's just all leg. Tag to Brunzel, spinning toe hold. Please just give up to that. They're still on the first fall here. Oh my <laughs> God. The first fall should have been five minutes ago. First fall asleep. You may have noticed I say five minutes ago. It's the <laughs> opening match on a jobber thing. Like, what? Shannon grabs a toe, uh, hold of Brunzel. They lay around more. Seriously, this is good if you like falling asleep early. Yeah, I was falling asleep. Literally, I was like reviewing this at like 9.30 or something, and I was like getting tired. It's true. <laughs> Shul back in now. Waist lock switch by Brunzel. Tag to Greg. Lock up and Shul tries to choke and then a double team in the corner. Shannon tags back in. Snapmare. Some punching, but Greg fires back with a punch of his own. Tags in Brunzel, who works the hammy. Yeah, yeah. Again, European uppercut. Shannon tags out to Shul. Uppercut City. Irish whip. Awful backdrop here. Greg back in, but Shannon's back in too. Greg with an Irish whip and then an equally awful backdrop. Not to be outdone. Brunzel tags in and lands a great drop kick. Everyone all excited. It's a high spot. A, a thing happened. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. really. That's like real, though. Yeah. Um, Greg tags back in and le- lands a really shitty drop kick. Tagged to Shoal again. Drop kick of death on him by Brunzel. And then a snap mare <laughs> gets the freaking pin. That'll what? be the end of fall number one, Quinn. <laughs> <sighs> Annoyingly, it's not over. And it's been eight minutes. Already. Why? <laughs> eight minutes for the first match? Are you joking me? On a TV show? Eight minutes? A jobber match. Eight minutes. And it's not even over. I can't even believe <laughs> it's this. It's the first fall. Unbelievable. We go to break. We come back from the second fall where Shoal is trying to get on the offensive here. Double team in the corner. Shannon tags in with crummy stomps. I'm saying this fast to make it sound exciting. It's not. Armbar by Shannon. Brunzel punches out some rolling around now. Brunzel with a European uppercut. Tagged to Greg. Body slammed by Greg. He goes to the second rope and lands a stupid botched looking flying stomp on the neck. That should have just ended it right there. That was fucking ridiculous. <laughs> come now, Niles. <laughs> Got red Sue play. Poorly done. Gets a one count. Greg now works the arm on the uh, mat there. Tag to Brunzel. Arm ringer into a pin for two. Greg back in. Irish whip. Junkie ass drop kick. Tag back to Brunzel. Can these guys just finish? Like, <laughs> what? Oh my god. It's so long. Body slam. This is so long. Yeah. Tag to Kanye. It's a jobber <laughs> match, folks. Like, I'm not kidding. Like, the other guys are not doing anything. They look like crap, too. Yeah. And um, this is too long for this. And you know, there's like no high flying in this team, by the yeah. way. I think Greg almost killing him with that stomp thing. <laughs> they act like these two are some precursor to like the fucking Can Am Connection or one of those bad, teams. Bad. The Rock and Roll Express. They're not. They suck. Oh. They suck. This sucks. Irish whip by Greg, and he hits what is literally called the Gagne Sleeper. We saved know. all of this time so that he could do the Gagne sleeper. Remember that? No. <laughs> and then Shoal wanders in. Brunzel just shoes him away. Hell, I've- Roddy Piper's sleeper is more reputable. So is Adrian Adonis's. Yeah, good night, Irene. Beefcake. Yeah. Name it. Yeah. Anyway, this was certainly uh, methodical. It was the quarter of the show, though. <laughs> we would have seen at least three matches on championship by this point. Yes. That's a real statement. In too. 81. Like, yeah. not like later. Yeah. Like, literally this period of time. We'd be on some Swede match by now. Yeah, probably. Or Morocco, like, first run. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> I'm the Intercontinental champion. Uh, anyway, we get a replay of this real exciting action, and then we throw to uh, Mean Gene, which makes me happy. And his red coat and more hair. Yeah. Oh, here I am. Uh, <laughs> radical dude. Huh. Like, you know what I mean? He's like cooler or something. I'm a surfer. Hello again to the Bay Area. Gene Okanier, All-Star Wrestling on the air, ladies and gentlemen. Mean Gene's always good. Like, 
In no. 81, he's already Mean Gene. The thing with Mean Gene is he's consistent, right? Wherever he goes, it's like you're looking, it's the same Mean Gene from like 1993. Like, yeah. it, doesn't, like it, it doesn't matter. Or like 99, it doesn't yep. matter at all, right? Yeah, he's exactly. always Mean yeah, Gene. it's El Dandy Mean Gene. It's, yep. every, it's every iteration of Mean Gene is always the same. It's put that cigarette out, Mean yeah. Gene. That's uh, why it's good. I totally agree. Now, he hopes up the big Oakland Coliseum Arena show where there's going to be an 18-man battle royal, $50,000 on the line. And then Gene brings in Johnny V, <laughs> your favorite, but he's with Hulk Hogan. Why are these two hanging and banging? That seems <laughs> odd, right? Johnny V? Johnny and V Hulk was Hogan? his manager, yes. And uh, why is Johnny V dressed like Lord Alfred Hayes? Glasses suck, by the <laughs> yeah, way. They're like weird. Like, they're like just a weird shape. Like, not even like. You know how there's like the stylish weird shape? These yeah. are not even that. They're just odd. They're not cataract glasses. They're like, like <laughs> odd like ladies frames combined with cataract glasses. Like I don't even know how to describe them. Sophia Petrillo, one yeah. of those. Hulk Hogan says there's two people I cannot stand. A lying woman and a greedy man. Let me tell you something. There's two kind of people I cannot stand. That's a lying woman and a greedy man. I guess only two people you can't stand? Yeah, I thought it was it. more. I thought it was okay. different. Anyway, he's challenged... Jesse Ventura to an arm wrestling match. Because, of course. <laughs> well, why would these two not be fighting if they're in the same company? Is that all Jesse knows how to do? That's a feud with Hulk Hogan? No, it, yeah, but also, like, do arm wrestling fucking feuds? Why is he oh, yeah. always doing these? Oh, that's right, because even in 82 and WF, he's doing that shit, Tony right? Atlas, that's all he does. Uh, Paduski, also, Ivan Paduski. I don't... They're crummy. Anyway, Hogan's already better than anything I've ever seen on AWA. I gotta tell you that. <laughs> that's, that's true. Johnny V explains the formalities of science, the science of uh, arm wrestling, uh, Grandma, as Hogan's like pantomiming it. Stop. <laughs> Just stop. <laughs> he then demonstrates the lockup with Hogan. This is all very silly. It is silly. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Johnny V, not good at promos. No. Like, he's not. But the thing is, Hulk isn't either at not this point. Not really. Like, he's just, he's, like, figuring it out. It's just nice to see him. Right. You yeah. know, uh, he mentions Johnny V does, oh, you see the UFO over Candlestick Park. What? That's not even where they're going to be. Also, the sound is out of sync, like, annoying, oh, like, during yes. this. I don't know why. It's just like this, too. It is, yeah. It's, it's like they're, like, two seconds behind or something. It's poor. Yeah. Uh, let's go back to ringside where Drunky McTalky introduces George Scrapiron Gadeski. Who the fuck is that? Very Minnesota. Like, yeah, it's this is like Amazing. local talent. I love like, it. You know what I mean? Yes. And I'm p- sure this guy is some legend from like the fifties. <laughs> like, but I don't care. Scrap iron. Yeah. His opponent is Dizzy Ed Boulder from Tampa, Florida. Yes, fucking Brutus. Brutus there he beefcake. Is. Yeah, but he has bleach blonde hair, all white double strap singlet. Yeah, he looks good. Honestly, he does. He's way bigger than this dude too. Oh yeah. Who's, this scrap iron guy. He. Think of him like dumpy Ivan Putski. Like, that's like what he reminded me of. Yeah, and like the height of like Pete Sanchez or one of those. Yeah, like, he's he's like jobber Ivan Putski. Very jobber. Yeah. Um, yeah, but Beefcake looks good, Quinn. Better yeah. than he looked the as. Beefer doesn't even look like him. No. He doesn't even look like Beef. He looks good. He I really didn't realize does. how fucking tall he was. He's got to be 6'4. Yeah, legit. Shit, like a legit 6'4, yeah. yeah. Roger Kent welcomes up. Uh, Vern Gagne in a commentary as Scrap Iron works the arm. Of course, Vern has to come in and annoy us. <laughs> well, uh, who's this new guy? Uh, I don't know who this is. How much do these people weigh? Like, yeah. literally, he's talking about the weight. I'm not kidding. Ed Boulder looks like he's in really fine shape. He's about 200 and what? 45, 40, 40 pounds? 30. No, no, he's bigger than that. He's, he's a big boy. 
I'm I surprised he, he didn't tell us about the Lions Club or something. Like, you know what I mean? We got a special promotion going on here, yeah. Roger. You yeah, know, one of those. something like that. <laughs> anyway, lockup takedown by Scrap Iron here. Lockup again. Beefcake with a punch snapmare, but George reverses that into an armbar on the mat. Vern is openly rooting for George Scrap. He's come on, Scrap Iron. I like you. Uh, side headlock by the booty man as WWE puts up a graphic here for 24-7 saying that Ed Boulder would go on to become Brutus Beefcake. Cool. Like... <laughs> But wonderful. George. Why did they did this? Like, why did they? Why did they did this? Why they did this? Like, but seriously, why did they do this on twenty four seven? Like these spoilers. Well, it'd be nice. I don't know. It's pop just up a, video. Yeah, I, it's eh. just an odd thing that they would never do nowadays because somebody would be like, "Well, they're messing up the the footage by putting cryon <laughs> over it or whatever." Yeah, probably. Uh, George escapes, uses a hammerlock, which Vern calls a double. Well, no, let me let me rephrase this. Vern's like, uh, he's got him in a. A chicken wing, if I'm allowed to use that expression. What, is he not allowed to use that a bad word? I, what is that? I don't <laughs> no know. No idea what he meant by that. Oh, maybe because Bob Backlund uses it, so maybe he no. thought it was like a copyright thing. Backlund wasn't even using it yet. Remember, he didn't learn oh, it yet. Oh, right. Remember, he learned it at uh, school or what, what was it? Remember that? <laughs> yeah, Kitty taught it to him or something. I don't remember. <laughs> that was such a weird segment where he's like, this new hold I learned in the high school gyms across <laughs> the nation or something. Here's a coat for you, kid. Yeah. Uh, anyway, hip tossed by the disciple here and then a body slam gets two. I will say this is slightly better than the last match. It is. No, it seriously not, is. It, you can tell it's not going to be a hundred years long. <laughs> right. This is a better squash, yeah. you know. Vern rambles away here as Zodiac displays his punching ability. Which Vern doesn't like because he's a hundred or something. <laughs> You're not supposed to punch in Even wrestling. Here, he's like a thousand years old. Always old. Yeah. Even when he was young, he was old. He really was. And didn't he wrestle in like World War II or something? I swear. Like no. they said this. He's in like, I was supposed to go to the Olympics. I wrestled the Nazis. Germany and the Nazis. <laughs> like he says this in something. Okay. I, and I and they're playing you. like fucking like. What a rag to a Scott Joplin music. Yeah. Like. 40s music and they like show him like in the dust bowl like practicing here i am like the 30s i'm gonna be like, an getting, olympian getting ready for like the 41 olympics or something i don't think it'll be 41 i don't know when even whatever numbers. the 40s olympics was i don't i don't remember yeah and they didn't let us wrestle because world war ii or something memory says this <laughs> yes, in something it's real yeah anyway an awful I think it was a 48 Olympics. An awful half-swinging full Nelson by Beefcake gets the win. It looks shitty, but uh, Boulder here poses all proudly before leaving. Mm, this was fine. This was actually yeah. fine. Yeah, yeah it's okay. It, it really wasn't bad. We now cut to modern Greg Gagne again. And he's <laughs> this, like... This was insane. This is so weird. He's like, hey, did you know that Ed Boulder was Brutus Beefcake? Yes, we know. The cryon told us already. Why is he acknowledging that and telling us it? Yeah, he's like, like as the little box told you, but if you didn't know... <laughs> what was that? Like, it was the, why did he even show up? In like Stanford Zone, too. It's like that dark room that like Mean Gene's in sometimes. <laughs> you modern just, Mean Gene, you mean. And, they, and they'll put up like a banner of whatever the fuck they're showing behind him just so that it looks different. This is 24-7 classics on demand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's real. Yeah, but this time Greg is doing the honors because AWA. Yeah, I know. Like, they're like, Greg, can you come up to Sanford to film this three-second long bumper? <laughs> he probably did like 25 of these in one shot, you know? Like, we can do every episode in the archives yeah. today. Like, you know what I mean? Just get a drink and you'll be good. In, like, two hours. <laughs> but, like, really, folks, he's like, hey, in case you didn't know, but that graphic told you, Brutus, really Boulder weird. was Brutus Beefcake. And then he's like, you know, isn't it ironic that Beefcake and Hogan came into the AWA at the same time because they're best friends? And no, that's not, that's literally the opposite of irony yeah i That's remember favoritism yeah he's like i remember when they used to hang out in their apartment and yes. eat slim jims together yeah. or something i don't know and brutus sniffed his underpants 
<laughs> How is that ironic that they came in at the same time? It's deliberate. Yeah. Hogan brought him in. That's not, not irony. It's the Dumbass. usual beefcake pattern. Wherever there's Hulk, there's beefcake. It's real. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Greg says, we're now going to see an NCAA wrestling champion who came over from Germany. He was trained by Vern Gagne. He could snap platters in half, and that's why he used the claw. What? That's right, Quinn. It's Baron von Roschka. Like, really? We're hyping him up? <laughs> he acts like on the, he acts in the Stanford zone. Like, this, this is the highlight of the show. <laughs> yeah, like, Baron von Roschka. <laughs> Baron von Roschka, yeah. Who also is, like, 1,000 years old by this point. Seriously! one. What, that, what did he also wrestle in the 30s Olympics? Like, with, with Vern? Like, what? For I, Germany? He knew Danny Hodge. I yeah. don't know. Go down to ringside now where Vodka Drunkinski over here is introducing Ricky Young. <laughs> oh, crap. Hi! <laughs> Who is this guy? One of those. Yeah. Um, Baron now storms out. And the fans like him, even though he looks like he's 63 he here. Yeah. And then he's introduced as the Baron Von Roschka. Okay, Bret Hart. You, the, know, you know, I knew the Baron. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, my dad knew him. <laughs> My dad wrestled him. Yeah, probably. Yeah. He stretched him in the dungeon. Yeah. Anyway, Bell, Lockup, and Ricky Young try some forearms here on the Baron. A little bold, huh? Yeah, who does he think he yeah. is here? Baron just leans back, kind of not sells here. He looks like a thinner, non-hairy George Animal Steel with these tights on, by the way. Mm-hmm. The referee is Marty Miller. Again, if you give a shit, Baron with a knee to the gut, fireman's carry into... An armbar. <sighs> Exciting. Uh, chin lock now by Baron, but Young rakes the eyes to escape. He tries some punches. No effect. Baron just knocks him back down, stomps away. Big shitty suplex by Baron. <laughs> All fucking dumb. Horrible. That was a terrible suplex. Good yeah. lord. Uh, equally offensive side backbreaker now. Uh, double chin lock by the Baron for a while. Thrilling. Back up and a hip toss into a short arm scissors. Finish this bullshit. Again, this is too long. It is too long. Uh, Young fights back with punches, but again, no avail. Irish whip by Baron, a claw, and it's over. This was not good. Baron does his claw march thing because 60s, I don't know. Like, remember our big enemies of the 80s, the Germans? (laughs) Remember when we fought them? Why are we still doing this? He's so dated. This is Extremely. like, like literally even the WF realized almost like a couple days after the Soviet Union fall, they're like, well, we can't do this Nikolai Volkov <laughs> yeah, shit anymore. Real. Like, like immediately, right? They literally they did. They had to like change up their game. They did. After they, that. They turned him face yeah. immediately. Yeah, exactly. Like, this is not, we can't keep doing this. Right. But over here, <laughs> the Germans still like, like the, it's as if the Nazis are still around in 1981. Like, they just aren't. They haven't been around for four years. Like, what is he talking about? I don't know, Quinn. But we see a replay. We go to break. Hi, we're back now where the ring announcer says it's a one-fall match, but it's going to be a little bit different here. Got some things to talk about. But first of all, here's Sonny Rogers. And then, I don't know the other guy's name. <laughs> yeah, that? he gets all confused. He's like, uh, here's Sonny Rogers, his partner, but there's a match. Um, and we got to tell you, it's, it's different. Something a little unusual here on All-Star Wrestling. This will be a one-fall match, but a little different. We have two gentlemen in this corner, one from uh, New York City, weighing, uh, I'm sorry, from uh, Van Nuys, California, Sonny Rogers, and his tag team partner from Chicago, Illinois. And these two men, ladies and gentlemen, will be taking on this hulk of a man, if you will. The way he's talking, it's like it's conversational. And uh, guess a ring what? announcement. He, you, you have to get pinned, but he, you know what? First, let's introduce him. He's from the Big Apple here. It's Hulk Hogan. In he, first of all, Big Apple, Hulk Hogan. <laughs> yeah. Second of all, this announcer is just too fucking chatty. <laughs> right? Like he is just, he's having a conversation. 
with the fans. <laughs> it's so strange. About this match. It's so weird. So uh, so Hogan's still got his heel cape on here. You know, his fabulous, incredible mm-hmm. Hulk Hogan cape. But Johnny V with him, of course. And then Johnny V gets on the mic. Oh, whatever, Grandma. This is the weirdest <laughs> intro ever. Yeah, because... It's like, so long. Then the ring is like, by the way, he has to pin both opponents. Right. <laughs> and and we- they can tag. <laughs> yeah. Like It's like, no shit. Like, We've what? seen a handicap match. What is this? And and we don't know the other guy's name. Mm-hmm. Just Sonny Rogers and whoever. Like I, he literally doesn't. I say. don't know who this man is till like halfway through the match. It's like Greeny or Steeny or Greenly. I Greenly think. is that what it is? And it's only because Roger can't says it in passing. <laughs> yeah. Not even oh, like Greenly. Not even like. And if you didn't know, that's like he doesn't explain. He doesn't cover for drunk over here. <laughs> like he doesn't. He doesn't. And I don't know the ring announcer's name. That's why I keep making yeah. drunk jokes. I, I really don't know Jerusa the Jerusa or something? I saw him on an AWA yeah, DVD once. Yeah, I think once. you're right. Yeah. It is. It's the longtime guy. DuPont? Yeah, DuPont. Know. Anyway, uh, Hogan's already got yellow trunks and boots, but we have black knee pads here. As uh, Johnny V thankfully joins us on commentary as Hogan locks up with whoever. Oh, <laughs> ah, how you doing thankfully. there, Roger Khan? Yeah. Uh, Hogan shoves- well, just what we needed, right? <laughs> <laughs> Hogan shoves the guy off. Rogers tags in. Lock up. Back in the corner. Hogan threatens a punch. Does nothing. Lock up again. Rogers tries a top wrist lock. Hogan doesn't move. He brings in the other jobber to try, and Hogan shoves them both off. Suddenly, a producer comes over and scolds Johnny B. He's like, hey, you're not the announcer. You have to leave. This and, is amazing. This is like the best part of the show. Johnny B gets up and leaves. Yeah. yeah it's good. It's like, rah, rah, and he like leaves. <laughs> I was like, this is good. No, it's fine. I'm okay with that. I liked it. Uh, both guys try to work over Hogan. No dice. By the way, I don't know if anyone's been writing notes here. There's been, like, no moves in this match. Don't worry it, about it. It's like them pulling on Hogan's arms the whole time. It's so bad. It's very, very bad. It's really yeah. bad. Anyway, big body slam by Hogan finally on Rodgers here. Lockup and Rodgers gets way too much offense on Hogan, which is because Vince was, like, the only fucking person that knew how to book big men. I Everyone don't... else always, like, tries to make it a match. Gotta have wrestling. Vern with this whole it has to be a match shit is so it's ridiculous. I know. Just knock it off. It's this. We are watching jobber matches <laughs> You should try to fit in as many people to wrestle. There's a reason why, like, other people that they're talking about, like Jesse the Body, aren't on the episode right. because you don't have fucking time for that <laughs> right. because every match is, like, ten minutes. It's so long. At least no Brad Reingen so far. Yeah, thank goodness. At least we can say that. I mean, if he was in, it would have been a 20-minute match. <laughs> anyway, lock up, uh, tag into the unnamed guy. They double-team, but Hogan is fine as Johnny V storms back over to yell for a second. Go away! <laughs> Please! He, does, he like sneaks back over yeah. to the head. It's funny. Uh, Hogan nails the leg drop on Rogers and then picks him up for a beautiful vertical. Irish whip on the other guy into the corner. He whips Rogers into his own partner in the corner. Double bear hug by Hogan gets the win and people cheer. So is Hulk face? I'm so confused okay. by this because Johnny V's with him. Right. Like, what is that? Quick refresher. Yeah. Hogan had been in the WWF Right. Uh, prior mm-hmm. since 79. His last appearance is April of 81. Remember, we're in August, okay? Yeah. So it's four months since he left the World Wrestling Federation. He immediately goes to the AWA uh-huh. as a heel, but so quickly the fans take to him that he like has just kind of turned into a de facto face. But I he's, see. He's still got Johnny V and he's still not quite acting like a face. Right. But he is a face. Yes, because he's feuding with Jesse. Jesse is a heel. Because the weird thing is even Johnny V is like, 
sort of trying the best Johnny V can to act like <laughs> to, a face. To not be an asshole. Yeah. You're like, he's not being mean. Yeah, like he's after just, he wins, Johnny V's like, yay, there's Hulk. Like, yeah. You, know what I mean? you like, did good. Yeah. You did good, yeah. Grandma. So that's what's going on here, in case anyone was wondering. Roger Kent, by the way, compares Hogan a Yukon Eric or something. Uh, <sighs> Why are we talking about that? <laughs> we go to break and we go back to ringside where Nacho Ferreira is introduced. What? <laughs> the fucking Nacho man over here. <laughs> His Seriously, op- it's the Nacho Man. Like here oh, he is. Yeah. yeah, his opponent is Tito Santana. Okay, I didn't expect that one. <laughs> yeah, Tito versus Nacho. That's odd. <laughs> it's, I forgot that he was in the AWA, but uh, he was too many burritos in one match. <laughs> uh, Tito looks the same as he always did back then. You know, the blue trunks, that yep. type of thing. Lock up, standing armbar by Tito into the ropes. Clean break here, side headlock by Ferrera, but uh, Tito with a head scissors. Both men up. Arm drag takedown by Tito into an arm bar. Ugh. That gov lock up on the ropes. And I'm going to, uh, this is a straight comment, no sarcasm. Roger Kent is like analyzing everything nicely. He's like, in case you've never watched before, this is what he's, it's kind of nice. He's okay. I, he really yeah. isn't bad. Uh, it's, it's just, he's in a weird promotion. Yeah. I mean, and, and he's by himself. Yeah. Uh, Tito with a skull cracker, corner whip, charge, nacho moves. He works his shoulder now into an arm bar. Is this over yet? I hope so. Now, uh, Nacho looks like Ernie Sabello, and even <laughs> if one person gets that reference, I'll be happy. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> Nacho looks like he's eating too many of those nachos. <laughs> what a fat asshole <laughs> this guy is. He is, like, very pectoral grease and so, chest hair. Just, like, put a shirt on, please. Remember the naked man in Seinfeld Subway episode? Maybe. That's, like, an early episode. Ernie Sabello is that guy. Oh, I see. Get the the heck <laughs> hair and the grease. Ugh. Anyway, oh, uh, back up. <laughs> <laughs> this is disgusting. Flying forearm, big drop kick by Tito gets the win. This was fast enough. Good. Yeah, it was fine. Notice uh, the people who end up in WF are doing this shit quick. And they're like, it's like not, not farting around like the other people. Uh, Roger Kent, Ariba, he says, as we go to Mean Gene. Who brings in Adrian Adonis and Jesse Ventura? Ah, the East-West Connection. That's my right. old tag team, yeah. Gorilla. You are one half of the East-West Connection, Jess. Yep, <laughs> there it is. WWF tag champ. Never happened. Yeah, th- shut up. <laughs> anyway, Jesse comes in talking about the battle royal. You know, $50,000 is a lot of bucks, Jack. And now, he- Jesse... It sounds great here. Oh, he's so good. This um, is like not wasting his talking ability like WF yeah, did. So much yeah. better. He bitches about how he has to arm wrestle Hogan or else he's not allowed in the Battle Royal. Adrian just stands there kind of annoyed and hairy the whole time. Yeah, uh, Jesse is legitimately a great promo guy. And like you said, Quinn, better than Hulk right now. Yeah, he sounds good here. Way better than you, Hulk you think so? At yeah, this I point mean, time. Hulk is still like that heel. Like, I'm good, daddy. He's still he's still the thunder lips in the flesh. Baby, yeah, and like that, awkwardly. That cadence, right? Yeah, exactly. Like where he was still trying to do the Billy Graham. Jack Daddy. Yeah. Like, you know, like, like that crap. You know, I'll tell you one thing. Like that type. Like yeah. he, he didn't get the voice like that yet. Yeah, you yeah know? exactly. Hi, I'm Thunderlips. That one. Yeah. Hello, I'm Thunderlips. Exactly. <laughs> Hi. Anyway, Adrian now makes fun of Jim Brunzel and Greg Gagne, which is cool with me. He's basically like, fuck Gagne. Fuck Bronzel. I'm going to kick their asses in that battle royal. Like Adrian, <laughs> like yeah. boldly. Yeah, I like him. Yeah. He's good when he's younger and yeah. he's great. Anyway, Jesse says, uh, I might arm wrestle Billy Martin as a warm up before storming away. That's such a Jesse Ventura bring comment. Up Billy Martin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. And then, like, just as Jesse storms away, Andre the Giant wanders in. Yeah, and his, like, All blue right. Kramer gear. I swear, <laughs> he just, like, teleported in because he heard there was about. Hey, about raw. I wouldn't know. You didn't call me. <laughs> like, Hi, I'm here. 
Like, where did he come from? Like, that was <laughs> you, weird. They didn't even mention him the whole show. You know he wins this, too. Yeah. You know he wins oh, this. Oh, yeah. There's even no Jesse the Body's like saying he's going to win it, yeah. but then Andre's like, oh, you know, I'm here. <laughs> And then he's like, let me tell you one thing. They don't give me too much time to talk. I'm going to talk my way in the wing. I'm going to win the battle while and uh, I know and you don't. Thanks, Andre. Yep. <laughs> Weird. Anyway, it'll be this Thursday in Oakland, 8 p.m. Get your fucking tickets. It's weird that's Oakland. Oakland. Well, they, they ran, man. They had that's a loop. That's really far Denver. from Minnesota. They were pretty good. Yeah. I mean, to be fair. But anyway, get your fucking tickets. Pass the fucking potatoes. Gene reminds us we're going to be back tomorrow. What? What? what is it? What for the daytime version or something? Like, what, what is this fucking Wheel of Fortune? The Bob Going host in this one? Yeah. Um, when he said that, it's the first thing I thought of like a daytime version of a game show. Yeah, with someone else hosting yeah. it. <laughs> anyway, we get an extremely junky outro package here. This is produced by the Minneapolis uh, Boxing and Wrestling Club. The boxing. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. Vern Handel Boxing. was the boxing. last time they did any boxing? 59. Yeah. Uh, executive producer, in case you couldn't fucking tell, Vern Gagne. Okay. Why is it in like the Desilu production <laughs> script, by the way? Did you notice that? <laughs> it's like weird. Desilu, it's great. Um, this felt like the equivalent, like we were saying, like championship uh-huh. was on at this time. It felt like the equivalent of like a mediocre episode of that. But the reason, folks, that I like the WWF style more is because, yes, there's meaningless matches just like there are here, but at least they're short. Yeah, they, they really try to milk every second out of a jobber match and it's upsetting yeah that's like the one thing i don't want milked is a jobber match (laughs) do not milk that no make them quick yeah i want to see a lot of guys i want to see the interviews so this was okay but it wasn't good at all either if that makes sense all right but the jobber matches i know that's my biggest complaint it's the one thing they need to fucking fix over here so it was maybe a not horrible episode of awa so we're getting closer still not not well, good, still though. not what we're looking for, right? Where the fuck was Nick Bockwinkle? Isn't he the champion? They didn't even mention him yeah, once. Like, you're right about that. They didn't. I was thinking that. Like, not a wit. He was like in the the clips or whatever, but like <laughs> it never ever mentioned. Didn't make the big time there, but folks, thanks so much for joining us here as we have romped you through episode number one ninety nine of our vantage point, the retro wrestling podcast. Just a reminder for you: next week, episode two hundred. It's going to be quite a time. Stay tuned for that. Obviously, if you want to support us, please give it a shot. It's Patreon com slash OVP podcast all kinds of extra stuff over there give it a shot right now patreon.com slash OVP podcast if you want to support us in a different way not monetarily leave us a review please iTunes Apple podcast we'd really appreciate that as well but thank you guys so much for 199 episodes we will be back next week for episode 200 until that time I'm Joe Morata that's Michael Quinn and we are out of here see ya I might arm wrestle Billy Martin for a warm-up, Jack. Fine, Andre the Giant. Very good. I apologize. One thing, they don't give me too much time to talk. They certainly didn't. But Jesse and Adrian Adonis, let me talk my way in the ring in the battle royal. And you know the way I'm going to talk because I've been in so many battle royal. I know what is the rules of battle royal that you don't know. This big gentleman from Grenoble, France, highlighting that great card. Next Thursday night out at the Oakland Coliseum Arena, seven foot four and a half, 485 pound Andre the Giant, and 17 other men in the ring at one time for the big battle royal. Remember, we're going to be back tomorrow morning. Have a good one. So long. Pass the fucking potatoes. potatoes.